Hey everyone, as ordered by anonymous comment, I'm mirroring this episode of Wi-Fi into the Fast Karate feed so people know about the existence of our Vice show, as this totally unknown anonymous commentor did not. If you want to subscribe, you can scroll down to the bottom of the website, daveandjoel.com, and find the link to the Dave and Grotz RSS feed. But while I have you here, since this is our first podcast of 2017, I wanted to acknowledge that this is going to be a tough year for a lot of people in minority populations, whether that be sexual identity, race, gender, or religion. While I hope by this point it's clear that we support you, I thought I'd make no bones about saying unambiguously, you belong here, hatred against you does not, and we will commit ourselves to stomping down on that ignorant, fascist shit wherever it crops up. Our community is small, but we're proud of its tolerance, love, and support, and we plan to keep it that way. Thank you, as always, for listening. And I'm sorry about the dogs. Sicily has a lot of strays, but they're so cute. Effing ready. Are we finally ready to record this podcast? Well, I had to get all the snow in Final Fantasy. I feel like it's been a jojillion years. Has it? Well, since we've recorded. Any podcast? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. I know, it's been forever. It's been literally forever. Well, first I was working. It's been as long. A lot. As the bros were separated from the other bros. Ten. No spoilers. Oops, we can bleep it. Um, you mean the boys. We don't call them bros. Yes. They're boys. They're the boys. Final Fantasy boys. I've heard that. Um, hello everyone. Guess what? What? I put out a book. Um, don't you want to introduce yourself first? I'm Dave, and I put out a book. Good job. And I think I'm almost certain... I mean, this is definitely the first podcast where I am talking about the book diegetically. I meant to put something oh. in front of the fast karate we just did, but I forgot. We did <laughs> it in front of the revenge happens. cast. I think I said it was coming out. Oh, I this thought is, that you already, you were like, it's, I, are you I think sure? this is, I'm pretty sure this is the first. I think that was, you can pre-order it. But now it's out. Brown, 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 brown. Brown, 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 brown. And it has a, a, a crude... A stunning six reviews on Amazon. Yay! All thanks, five stars. Thanks to everyone. All five stars. I thought Owen gave it four. No, that was on Goodreads. No. The Goodreads, <laughs> uh, you know, that rating system. Who could trust it? Who knows what? Listen, Owen amount of stars be, a person. Yeah, it's got to be true. Owen has high. Got to be true to my standards, standards exactly. man. Would I rate this on the level of Hard Boiled Wonderland at the end of the world? I submit that I would not. Yeah. <laughs> and thus. It cannot attain the coveted all five stars. Yes. <laughs> I reserved that solely for Haruki Murakami's descriptions of pasta. And ethereal women who put show more, up in dreams and have sex with you. Put more pasta in your books, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> then you can get those five stars. Uh-huh. We mm-hmm. Irish have higher standards. I, I do like his books, so, despite the weird, yeah. the weird sex stuff with women. You might ask... Where can I find this book that the internet has been calling? Amazing. 
the writing they have called well-paced and engaging. Nice. And some have said, the Dead Side Girl is what you might refer to as low fantasy. <laughs> Sweet. Perhaps you're interested in a really fun read about werewolves? <laughs> With good action scenes and a fun exploration of becoming a werewolf, dot, 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 maybe. I mean, honestly, your your ability to write action scenes is is um, definitely uh, it is top, top a tier. somewhat natural uh, a, a talent I came to more naturally very, than, very good than other pieces of the writing process. Yes. Um, you have a knack. I wrote a book. It's why a thing about werewolves, dot, 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 maybe. Uh, but actually, it's about being a super sad teen and being so overloaded with empathy that you just want to die. Yeah. So some people might find that relatable. That you close down um, and yell at everyone and get mad at your parents I and your friends. I especially wanted to do this to, well, yeah, you can buy the book if you go to deadsidegirl.com. But it's also on, there's a link on the website, which is just daveandjoel.com or friendsfromtheinternet.com. This is way too complicated. You know the sites. We got to streamline this. Or just search for Dead Side Girl on Amazon. <laughs> that yep. also works. Uh, I always feel like I have to enunciate the title, even though it's just regular words. It's not that but complicated. But it's just a string of them. But I don't want people not realizing it. Or maybe just search for me on Amazon, Dave L. Riley. Look, the, the reason I wanted to do this, I wanted to directly thank... Matt, Jay, Halo Jones fan, Eelstan, Connor, and Harrison, who all wrote reviews, uh, who were all very kind. Yep. And uh, Owen. Owen did not rate it all five stars and thus is not thanked. No, Owen did it on Goodreads, which is a different website, which is why I did not read it. Well, don't <laughs> you want to Because I, thank... don't, I don't have that website open. No. Oh. <laughs> so I just think we should thank everyone. <laughs> yes, that's true. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Like, oh, Aaron is currently reading it. Oh, yay. I don't know what uh, Goodreads. Yeah. It's, it's just, if I, were, if I were good at this, I would be like, I'm tapped into my Goodreads market and I, like, follow the people who have listed it on their bookshelf or something. Uh, but I'm not. <laughs> but Owen and Wayne also, and Matt, who I thanked for the Amazon yeah. review, also rated it. Yeah. And, uh, and thanks to Paul for... Giving us super, giving, giving Dave super good feedback. Um, Paul, Paul actually passed it along to. And Shane for everything. Yeah, Absolutely. Shane, Shane did a everything. lot of it. <laughs> for being the kindest, most generous, uh, sweetest person in the world that we never get to see, but Shane, he's in our hearts. Shane provided a lot of propulsive force, mm -hmm. I would say, because mm -hmm. I could just send him emails. Yep. And he was good at responding to he's them. He's fabulous. Uh, so if you would. Review it on Amazon. I would be gratified if you would copy and paste that review and put it on other sites like Goodreads that you might use. If you should would tell me <laughs> what sites a person might use, that's, you know, something you think that a person like me might know, but clearly it's not. If you have friends who you think might be interested in reading it, pass it along. I'm still giving out review copies if that's something you're interested in. You can find that stuff on the website. Thanks, Mark Mark.
on Tumblr. Marky Mark? Who said, yes, Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg? No, I think just Mark Mark. He was like, wicked cool. But it, there's a Y following the second Mark. Let's go get a Bia. It's, it's Mark Mark, yes, yes. Huh. <laughs> but I was like, Marky Mark's? I thought it said Marky Mark's eyes. <laughs> For that, I'm sure. So he sent me a message that's on Tumblr that said, please sell your content for way more money in the future. It's grossly underpriced. Keep up the good work. Yay. So thank you for that. But also, it appears that $5 is just what you charge around for. what you price sure. self-published novels when you're not famous. Makes sense. Um, and also, all the money is going to charity. To the Sylvia Rivera Law Project. So it's been about 300 bucks so far. Sweet. They're a good org. You can pick up yours today for the <laughs> reasonable price of $4.99. Yep. And a five-star review. Can't badger people. Five stars only. People are going to get indignant. They're going to be like, why are you yelling at us? <laughs> That's fine. They can take it. So presumptuous. Yeah, I guess. But it's like, I have so little. To live for? Well, I asked for so little. This is the tiniest amount. Four ninety nine and five ninety nine stars. <laughs> five hundred and ninety nine stars. I guess that's please. a lot more than Mario wanted. So maybe you got me there. Mario? Yeah, I don't know why I said it like that. Who? Mario. Who though? Super Mario. <laughs> but he wants all the stars. Well he wants all the stars, but he can't get all of them. I don't know. I hear those galaxy games are full of stars. I suppose. I don't consider those canon. <laughs> I don't think anyone cares what you consider canon, considering Man, you're like, you know. Man, can't run around on a tiny planet. <laughs> this is a little pebble. The gra like, what Dragon are, Ball Z. What is gravity We're going in this to world? See King Kai. How does it work? It's not apparently not a force exerted by massive objects, because <laughs> those planets are teeny. Yeah, I know. We're going to go through the intense training there to learn how to use the spirit bomb <laughs> to defeat Vegeta. With gravity? Well, no, the gravity just meant that your training was, like, right, ten yeah. times as effective. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is, like, the one of the only things I know about Dragon Ball, because I would always make jokes about it. I was always, like, because I saw one episode where he was, like, training on Mars, and I was like, what is happening? Why? And I was like, oh, yeah, the gravity. Well, the gravity on Mars is less. He was training on some red planet. Was it very small? Also, I'm not sure if they go to real planets in, this, in Dragon Ball Z. I think they only go to, like, oh, Namek. Right, sure. <laughs> sure, whatever. Namek. Their Mars, which is bigger and has more gravity. Yes, it very well could have been. Yes, I guess, yeah, Mars is how much smaller than it? It's like a third? Maybe. That, no, it I feel like Maybe 80%. I don't know. Right. It's smaller. It has less atmosphere. Right. has less gravity. It has, like, no It has atmosphere. Val Kilmer. Yes. Carrie Ann Moss. Yep. And um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Alt-America. <laughs> Don Cheadle for a brief period of time. Alt-America? Alt-America? Isn't there like a colony on Mars and it's like other America? In Total Recall? Sure. One or, of them. Or some... I, I don't know. I've only seen Total Recall once. I mean, and maybe... And that was with you when we first started dating. Zone of the Enders. Those damn Enders. Ender Wiggins. Yep, also Ender Wiggins. Yeah. He goes to Mars. Sure. That's where the bugs live. And he's like, I'm sorry, bugs. I killed all of you. Might be. And the bugs are like, we didn't know you were smart. And we were like, we didn't know you were smart. Wow. And then everyone cries. What a misunderstanding. What a terrible misunderstanding voiced mm -hmm. upon this six-year-old. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 
Good thing we've ruined our earthly culture in order to like spool up for this massive yep. extinction that is completely unnecessary. And somehow that's, n I guess that sort of is the takeaway because at the very end of the, what, why are we talking about this? Yeah. Sorry. No I apologize. Uh, I asked for more questions um, because I thought we didn't have enough. And then we got a bunch. Uh, we got a few, and then I remembered that I had not copied questions from the email into the app I use for organizing oh, yeah. the questions. Right. So we actually had more. <laughs> We're supposed to actually get Evan Minto on this thing. Yeah, but when we have... Uh, questions appropriate for Evan Minto's. Yeah, Evan Mintes questions. Evan, Ment Evan Mentos. All right, Steven says, WTF. Oh, wait a minute. Announce the category. Also, I never introduced myself. I'm Graziella. So, this nice is, to meet you. This is your Friends from the Internet, a podcast. It is? I mean... So Anonymous says, WTF! What's the category? It, there is no category. This is every category. Okay. And it's, put at least an episode of this in Fast Karate RSS. Oh, right. I didn't know about this until today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not necessarily angry, sort of helpful to everyone. Yeah. I think the rationale behind that was we didn't want to flood the Fast Karate feed with this other stuff because yeah. i don't know um people su subscribe to that podcast not this one but i guess yeah I, I you should probably be like hey we're doing this other thing at the start of one of your joel podcasts yeah, i'll just put this episode in the feed all right then people can know all right hello fast karate listeners go subscribe to the other rss feed which i think is just on the site whatever <laughs> so i'm gonna start it with food we're going to bait the hook with food. Food. Bait that food uh, hook. Then we're going to move into games and media. Uh, we'll close it out with dating and lifestyle stuff. Some tough downers for your holidays. Um, not really. Not like... I don't remember any super, super... Yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for ever sending in questions, everybody. And... Uh... Feel free to send follow-ups, too, if, like, we gave you terrible advice and you were like, that's terrible. Because, actually, Noah, our friend Noah of the Ninja Consultants, was like, hey, you gave some terrible advice. Well, <laughs> Noah said, so I don't date people where you work, yeah. or in his words, don't shit where you eat, which yeah. is a common phrase applied to those that things. That is true. I'm surprised they didn't come up in our discussion. But also, I, mean, I feel Noah is an old soul who occupies, who certainly has a career yeah. in a somewhat old mind that uh, well he's very you know. he's very he's a professional and also but i feel like you know there's a lot of people who either i think especially people who work in tech and stuff or people who work a lot people um, who go to offices not... where they wear heelys yes but that's not i think the point is is like i know people say who work so much that they, they can kind of only meet people at work yeah because they have no life outside of work which is depressing and we all live in a neoliberal light nightmare scape mm -hmm. i know thanks <laughs> but um where all that matters is work and that's all the only way thanks, we silicon valley uh, well that's not their necessarily their fault but they're super into that it's they true. love it they do love it they're like live here well eat here <laughs> uh anyway so there's all the caveats let's go to the question okay sasquatchless says at the risk of exploding the forums was the definitive best pizza <laughs> so that's the whole question yep so whenever people come 
and introduce themselves on the forums, generally somebody will be like, what kind of pizza do you like? And then it will devolve into somebody saying that they like the pineapple pizza. And then I have to come in with my scolding, scold, scolds. But I don't think there is a definitive best pizza. Wow. Pizza is a very broad category. Way to dodge the question. <laughs> That's like saying, what's the best pasta? Way to not take a stand. You I say, feel like people have asked, what's the best pasta? Yeah, I mean, the, people have favorite pastas, but there's no best. So my favorite pizza is a Neapolitan-style pizza, which is like the chewy kind of crust. It's not super thin, but it's not thick. Um sort of uh, charred a little bit on the on the edges uh, with really good tomato sauce, buffalo mozzarella, arugula, and prosciutto. That's my favorite pizza in the whole world. It's delicious, but you know, how do you compare that to an excellent uh, porcini pizza with just marinara sauce? Like, how can you possibly ever how choose? How can you choose? Don't make me They're choose. They're both so delicious. And then we just had Luigi's, which is New York style pizza, but it's fucking fantastic. It's delicious. It's in Brooklyn. It's on Fifth it's too Avenue. Too hard. It's uh, they have a cold oven, I think, which is the secret to why their pizza is so good. So I don't, I can't pot. And then there's focaccia, which is like a whole, you know, the thick pizza. My word! It's all like, there's too many. You know, well, because we use pizza to One describe a never, lot of different things oh, that I other see. people, like Italians, wouldn't really call pizza. Ah. What's your favorite pizza? Uh, the pizza we had last night. <laughs> Luigi's. Luigi's pizza. But what if also Keste? Keste is excellent. Keste My is, word. I mean, Keste is the Neapolitan style this pizza. This could just go on forever. So, But Keste, that's the pizza sort of I was describing. Obviously, like, I think it's a little better in Italy because it's just the ingredients are fresher and better. Keste is a good approximation of that style of pizza I was just talking about. And they do have that pizza there. I think they actually call it the Keste. That's yeah. their pizza. Which... It was my favorite pizza before Cassie, oh, long before Cassie. <laughs> but uh, it is it is my favorite. Okay, Tom says, "What's your favorite type of donut?" Love the show. <laughs> my favorite type. We, of... We're finally getting to the point where people say, "Love the show." <laughs> oh, thanks, Tom. My favorite type of donut is a freshly fried. Uh, apple cider no they're just plain just plain donuts but made at the apple yeah. orchard near okay. near my my parents house in new hampshire they're just any freshly made donut is the best fucking donut you'll ever eat i was gonna say my favorite is the two donuts i get from Krispy cream before <laughs> going to see my family but yeah. i was just like Wah! pull the e-brake on that no why the donuts of suffering <laughs> But I do always buy two donuts from the yeah, Krispy Kreme in Antwerp. Come on, you, yeah, I'm you're getting a to it. Oh, okay. My favorite donut is the donut. Really? What's a donut? <laughs> the tasty cake, tiny donuts. Really? I think actually Entenmann's is the donut, and Entenmann's ones are not as good. No, they taste like plastic. Tasty cake, tiny donuts. You're not gonna go for one of like the cream, like you love that cream filled shit. I do love donuts that are filled with cream. Or jelly, or but covered slathered. But I can eat a whole bag in... of tiny donuts. <laughs> but like, I think this is your favorite by bite, not just because you can eat fourteen of that. I don't know. Tiny. I guess I like very it all... precisely eat tiny donuts. I guess that I have a whole method factored in. I parcel them out because I can only get them in Philly. For the most part, so you slide them onto a chopstick and then tip your head back and just no, 
<laughs> to open your mouth. I eat them in precisely three bites. Each one? Kind of. Three or four. It can be pretty hard to get it in four bites because you, you got to like sort of that first bite has to break into the circle. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily going to... Do it evenly. It's going to be more like a half right. than a quarter. You don't just... Like pop a whole one in my mouth? Yeah. What do you think I am? A barbarian? <laughs> a savage? Yes. Do you think I'm drawing on have you walls? Looked, have you looked in the mirror? Wow. You are tall and fair-skinned. Wow, so rude. I mean, you, you look like a barbarian. Wow. Way to make a mockery of Tom's question. It's not a mockery. I answered it very sincerely. <laughs> uh, all right. Mike writes in with two things. You often say everyone should know how to cook at least a few things. What would you say are a few things? Scare quotes. Yeah. Do you mean know how to boil water without setting the house on fire? <laughs> know how to chop up and saute vegetables and make them taste better when you add them to pre-made sauce packets with pots of boiled and water? <laughs> Scare quotes. Do you mean have a few basic herb blends and sauces? Scare quotes. I am guess what I'm asking is what three or four things would you consider basic cooking knowledge? Scare quotes. For everyone that should try to have <laughs> sorry he didn't write it like that you said that everyone should try to have i was just having trouble maintaining this persona that yeah. i invented, you invented on the fly. <laughs> uh so what, what do you mean by everyone should know how to cook at least a few things or did i say that or i think we i, pro- I probably that? said that and i think i said it's useful to have you know a few dishes that you practice that you like and i think that the best place i, I mean i don't have three things that I feel like are the best things for everyone to know how to cook. I think it mostly depends on your preference. So if there's cooking or like a type of cooking you're fairly familiar with, say you're familiar with Southern American, not South American cooking, like American South cooking. And so you're like, I'm really good at fried chicken and I'm- Macaroni and cheese. And yeah, like mac and cheese. Like it doesn't, and it doesn't, I mean, look, like healthy food, it's important to, if you're going to cook a lot to know how to cook healthy food, but I'm talking more about for celebrations or like special occasions. So you can actually have a good home cooked meal. That's like fun for everyone to eat. And, and, you know, look again, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do the, again, not everybody has to know how to cook if you hate it, but it's useful to, so like pick something you really enjoy and learn how to cook it. I don't, the expectation of what's difficult is really varies because, you know, we don't have a lot of fundamental cooking culture in this country that's like passed on from your parents or whatever. So it depends. So I would say like Alton Brown's a pretty good resource. He usually goes into the specifics of like why you do each step. It's like, yeah. so, and it's better, it helps you understand what you're doing and why, which can um, help in the long run if you're going to improvise, if something's not going quite right. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, pick three things. If you want me to tell you what you should learn how to do, like mac and cheese is extreme, like a good mac and cheese is easy. And um, really uh, just look up like traditional American mac and cheese or you know, and fried chicken is fucking delicious. But frying things, Fried chicken is way too much work. <laughs> I mean, if you learn how to fry, it's a useful skill. And it's not actually like, I mean, fried chicken is bad for you. But like... Uh, frying like vegetables or certain things like oil does if you're doing it correctly oil doesn't actually penetrate it shouldn't penetrate yeah. the the food okay. so it's um so like and yes and learn how to cook you know what's a really easy thing to learn how to cook and it's really good for you and delicious is fucking broccoli and you're gonna be like ew broccoli's ah, the gross fucking broccoli yeah the fucking broccoli um so you all you need to make really delicious broccoli is like a big 
frying pan, real like uh, decent olive oil and garlic. And so what you do is you you know you cut the broccoli up uh, into florets. You put the heat on medium high. Put the oil in. You got to watch it so it doesn't burn. You put the broccoli in, and you kind of cover it a little bit. Am I getting into too much detail? Probably. Sprinkle it with salt. Cover it. And you wait till it gets a little bit charred on the bottom. Then you flip it and do the same thing. Add the add the garlic in because you don't want to burn the garlic. It's important not to burn garlic. And then you know you you cook it essentially and not you don't want to cook it till it's all like dark green and and mushy. So it's like it's still a little bit crunchy and it's the best broccoli you'll ever eat. It's wow. delicious. I'm learning so much. Like my my and a good pasta dish. Well, on that topic. Mike follows up to say, My wife and I have been experimenting with different lasagnas. What are your thoughts on lasagna? Is it something that bears experimenting? Oh, uh, sure. Add vegetables, use different meats, use meat mixers instead of just one, different cheeses. Or is the basic ricotta, ground beef, red sauce, pasta pretty much the only thing that's worth doing? I mean, honestly, that lasagna is, that's like an American lasagna. Um, So that's, I wouldn't call that like your base. I mean, it is in some ways the basic lasagna I grew up with. Ricotta, red sauce, no meat, spinach actually is the I feel like really common, and tomato sauce and mozzarella and a little bit of parmesan. But um, if you look at Italian lasagnas, like the classic one there is like a bolognese sauce with a uh, with bechamel and no mozzarella. So it's like not something that I think a lot of people recognize as the traditional lasagna, but it's fucking amazing. It's really bad for you, but it's really good. Like. Um, and there's, you know, there's all kinds of like white lasagnas that you can make without tomato sauce. So yeah, you can experiment with lasagnas. I find lasagnas, if you're just putting like vegetables in there without pre-cooking them, they can kind of get kind of watery and bland. I've had like veggie lasagnas that I found not very pleasing, but yeah, absolutely experiment with it. Um, and you can use traditional recipes as a guidepost or do whatever the fuck you want. Lasagna is a very versatile <laughs> dish i mean a little too malleable if you ask me how come those noodles just they're so hard to work with they're not they're, all, they're so slippery they're not i'm always the one who's laying <laughs> in there they do fall occasionally we did it we got through food in record time i tried not to go on too long thank you for food questions i love food questions let's talk about some games and media okay <laughs> Are you like, here's the interlude music? The question, we'll put it in later. Sure. Put it in post. The question everyone's all been waiting for. Anonymous on Tumblr asked, and I just decided to use it here. Simply. Should I buy Final Fantasy 15? Uh, do you mean Final Fantasy X-Boys? <laughs> um, That's what the international title is going to be called. Yeah. No, I was going to say, well, maybe in like a few months. <laughs> Yeah, I think hold, I think at this point, off. wait, because they are apparently creating a patch that is adding story That's content like to the game, fixing the game and other things, which is not crazy because with other Final Fantasy games, they do this thing called the international version, mm-hmm. which is where they basically port the American version back to Japan with extra stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like this might be a way to not do that. And America, like, never gets the international oh, version. Oh, really? So, I think the Final Fantasy XII remake they're putting out is the international version, but we almost never get them. Right. And that's, like, this is, like, almost ten years later. Right. The Final Fantasy XII remake is coming out. 
or more than 10 years. It's, you know, it's in that area. Uh, so probably wait because I guess they're quote unquote fixing. Yeah, there's a lot of gaps. There's a lot of like things in every and I would say in every sort of department. What am I looking for? <laughs> Aspect. Every aspect of the every aspect of the game feels like there's a little. So, I mean, it's a little something off. The combat feels like a li ugh, a little bit off. It's good, and maybe we just it, it's partly. Oh, and if you do get the game, use Control Scheme B. Yes, yeah, from start, the beginning. Start immediately with Control Scheme B. <laughs> Whoever made the. It's a very simple combat system for the most part. Yeah. You hold circle to attack. You hold square to block. Yeah. But I already hear you asking, but those are on opposite sides of the face buttons. Uh, How can I do those quickly and efficiently? How can I seamlessly transition uh, between those two buttons? In fact, you cannot. Uh, but if you switch it over janky. to control scheme B and it puts block on the bumpers, you're like, oh, this is immediately way more fun to play. I wish I did not discover this in, yeah, in the, last the last hour, hour of yeah. the game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially when you get to the end of the game and there's like a pretty vital like counter mechanic. The combat's really fun when it's working well and flowing, but it, yeah. The when things are going right, there's a lot of flow to it. Uh, it's based around kind of just holding your single attack button, but then swapping between weapons, teleporting between enemies. Yeah. You have like a warping attack that you can sort of chain around, getting behind enemies does extra damage, and then your buddies... Link yeah. up with you, your boys. Your boys. But as soon as it falls apart, you are just trapped in this endless chain yeah, of like, of like getting staggered, getting and one shotted, and yeah, like, you get staggered a lot because uh, everything's over animated because it's a Japanese game. Yeah, I feel like they could do one thing to fix it, and I don't think they ever will. But part of the combat is supposed to be about like this retreat that you can do by warping to a point in the mm -hmm. environment and hanging off it, which regens your MP almost immediately, so you can warp around more and your health more slowly. If they just made it yeah. so you could just hold the warp button yeah. to teleport to the nearest one instead of having to find it, yeah, instead the of effectively having to pixel hunt it. Yeah, it's like an adventure game where the, the, the thing to actually warp to it, like, it's not like you have a reticle, first off, yeah. so it's anybody's guess how moving the camera is going to highlight And this moving thing. the camera is really frustrating because it's being, like, wrenched around yeah. by, like, random targets that are just near you. Yeah. So, like, you're trying to move the camera to find a warp target, but, the but meanwhile the camera's like, no, go here, look at this guy, he's about to murder you. And, like, great, well, I almost had the warp point and you just took the camera away from me. Away from where I was looking at, so now I can't warp there and now I'm dead fucking pain in the ass yeah it was really it was that was frustrating and so a lot uh, a couple other tips are your buddies all have like a technique like a super gauge they can use and one of them ignis has a thing that heals your whole party to full oh yeah which no. is basically essential well it heals them there's it doesn't heal them to i think it heal you if you're all full it heals you i think it just heals like a quarter of your bar doesn't it it, it basically fills your bar out. If you have oh. a ton of HP, it gets like two-thirds of the way right. up before the little cutscene interruption ends. Uh -huh. And then it, it they can get staggered and lose the rest of it. But it does heal them to full. And it's called regroup. And it's a, it's a really useful skill because your hit points just bobble around like crazy in that game. They, yeah. And managing them is a tremendous pain in the ass. I, yeah. And it kind of just takes you out of the moment. And from what I've seen, we actually kind of missed out on a mechanic that they didn't really tell us about. Really? Is that 
that wait mode, it's not wait? just like a turn. It doesn't just convert oh, into right. turn-based combat. There's something about it where when you're in that wait mode, yeah. Ignis scans enemies for yeah, weaknesses. Yeah, I was like wondering how that happens because they were like... Sometimes you know, it does happen when you're playing right. in the action one. Right. But I don't know why. All right. Well, whatever. Um, so next, you know, we'll play it again in two years when yeah. the whole version is out and we can stream it. Well, that because that's the other thing it, is that the story is just completely missing. In a lot of points. There's a lot of gaps in it, but... You're being told I really, a lot of things in loading screens. Yeah. Like, to the point where it's like, there are a couple points, like, towards the two-thirds, yeah. towards the end of the game, where a major event will happen, and it'll just be, like, two two sentences in the loading screen where it's like, oh, this, like, the Empire attacked this. Right. And now this, like... The, basically, the Empire killed a god in right. the loading screen yeah. at one point, Great. and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Despite all of that, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Even though, and I'm not a big fan of open world games generally, and uh, the open world portion was fun. It was, and I think it is a little bit about it being such a strange, I don't know, party composition. They're all boys, and uh, they're all like goth boys <laughs> driving around in this car together. And uh, it, it's, so I think the novelty was part of it, but I think it's also. It's sweet. It's very sweet. It's a sweet story. It does kind of feel like and a lot of the people who made that game really were into it. Mm -hmm. Which I think, not to ascribe motives to people, but I think the, um, I feel like the sentiment around this game has, a lot of it has been like, well, this is like kind of bad like there's a lot of things in this game that are kind of bad or not fully formed or just way too clunky like yeah. so much of this game needed more time finished. in the oven it did and but people are like they say that and then they're like eh. it's got but heart. i still like it right I, but i, I don't really care to interrogate why exactly or like basically like i'm content leaving it at that and i feel like where some of that reaction might come from is the fact that Final Fantasy Thirteen was such a vacuum, like a personality black hole. Yeah. That coming back lightning. into another look, look, I mean like Look, sure, lightning is just a very stock sort of like <laughs> uh stoic woman Valkyrie kind of figure. But I don't know. She's cool. Everyone loves her. <laughs> well, Lightning. you and the director who and everyone else. wants her yes, well. to be his wife. <laughs> I mean, come on. Wouldn't you want Lightning to be your wife? I'm just She's saying cool. that it's almost like Whiplash. Yes. Thinking about going from... It has a lot more personality. Ten years or, or eight years or however long it's been Since of Final 13? Fantasy thirteen. Not eight years, really? Uh, I don't know. Somewhere in that range. It was probably like 2009, 2008, 2009. I don't know. Where, what house were we in? Uh, oh, no, it was probably 2010, because yeah. yeah. we were on Skimmerhorn, yeah. I remember. Oh, we were? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but still, so, six years. So, six years of playing different iterations of Final Fantasy thirteen and that, like, completely proper noun-y world. Yeah. With, it was just, like, such a, like, world-buildy world in yeah. the worst possible way. So, to go from that, and obviously... And it was also, like, two diff completely different stories that you felt like they were building something interesting, and then they kind of just let it go completely. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? why did you do that? So, to go from that to this thing that is very much 
uh, it's first off, it's like exuberant where yeah. fucking Final Fantasy 13 was like such a dirge. Yeah, and, and it, was, it, but it's exuberant in a way that's like you know it's about sort of a mopey a mopey. Yeah, but it's like it's so goofy. It like is, it can't yeah. even do that with a straight face. Yeah. Like it can't yeah. do no, the sullen. He's like, goth. Melancholy. He's a mopey little goth boy Final with his Fantasy friends. character with a straight face. Like, but yeah, yeah. it is goofy. And fun. Uh, so I think. I think going into that and being like, oh, this is just about these, like, characters and their personality. And, mm-hmm. like, to a certain extent, like, fuck the plot. Like, yeah. oh, you're in a cutscene and we learned about it in a newspaper after the cutscene. In a silent cutscene that they took from a movie wait, that but- they had to make out of the cinema scenes that they couldn't get into the game. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have enough time is that too many spoilers should we say that i feel like that's like the first hour of the game it is pretty early and also and you kind of like feel like may have seen that movie right and also when you leave in the beginning you're like oh this is yeah yeah i I mean i I was just like this isn't yeah you're acting like he's probably gonna yeah he kind of knows I, I, I do, I do like feel like if somebody's ask, asking, should I get this game, and we start talking about spoilers, that's kind of a dick move. I guess. I, I don't know. It's not like it's an endgame spoiler. No. I don't, aren't you just going to assume that... <laughs> I don't know. We'll decide whether to bleep that, that out or not. Or we could like put in a thing where we're like, we give a small spoiler. Yeah. So skip ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it sort of to conclude that idea, you're the sort of person who's like, this game ain't perfect, but it sure has got a lot of heart. Yeah. It goes beyond this game ain't perfect. It's like, this game is kind of actively annoying in a lot of points, but it has a lot of heart, <laughs> which is, you know, a lot of the games that I like and now miss. Yeah. And I feel like budgetary sort of weird accidents have obliterated. Weird accident games. Part. Feel so kind of nice spontaneous and fun. Uh, I got one from Tom. What's the best of these three games to enter into the Souls series? This is a random list of Souls games that I currently own. Demon Souls, Dark Souls 2, and Bloodborne. I have no experience with the series and need advice. Bloodborne. Probably Bloodborne. I don't know, though. If if you played Bloodborne first, don't you think that maybe going back to the other Souls games might feel a little weird? A little clunky. Yeah, if you're not used to it. So, I don't know. Well... I think something that's cool about Bloodborne is you play Bloodborne and you come out of it saying, oh, I don't need the shield. <laughs> or I need the sort shield a lot less, less yeah. you than learn... I felt that I did. Yeah. So We've said this before, but I, I was always like, yeah, it feels like this it, Bloodborne teaches you how to play Souls games the way people who are very good at Souls games already play them. <laughs> there is some truth to that. But there's another thing that it will make you better at playing them because... Souls games are easier when you act decisively. <laughs> so always, basically, the less time you spend turtling behind a shield, which makes you feel like it, Although, it is an easy method, you will often have a much easier time of playing the game because you'll waste less time getting chip damage and stuff like that. I feel like that's generally true, but going from Bloodborne to Dark Souls Two, I think, was actually bad for Dark Souls 2 play because yeah. I, you know, I would like run in and it it is really helpful when you act decisively slash if you know what you're doing, being aggressive in Souls is actually the best, yeah. the best uh, option you have. 
because you can, you know, if you know how to either stun somebody or parry them or, you know, whittle down their poise or whatever so that that staggers them, um, that's your best, generally your best option is to be, yeah, aggressive. But I feel like in two, because all you're so slow and your healing is so slow, um, it, it's just, it was so hard to go back to two, I just kept Dying, trying yeah, to the heal. really slow healing. It, I think is the major oh, problem with that, and that's you were, I was like, I have two. so much room. I have plenty of time to heal, and then I would heal, and it was, and I would the healing take animation you 40 seconds was just to take a so, swig off that sunny D. Yeah, yeah, but that's like a specific you Dark think, Souls two problem, right? Because healing is much faster in all the other games. But two was on the list, right? Yeah, it was two Demon Souls and Bloodborne. Right, I would say Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Dark Souls two. I feel like that'll that'll sort of matriculate you in speed. Yeah. Because Demon Souls is actually pretty fast. Demon Souls is the fastest one after. Well, I guess how you, depends on. You I feel like playing it. Demon Souls first makes sense though, because then you get to see the birth of the genre, and you're like, oh, let's see how these games changed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You can certainly dip your toes in whatever. And in some ways, with the items, doesn't Demon Souls have more in common with Bloodborne in a certain way? Yeah, there's a little, it's a little more, uh, I don't know, like gothic Demon Souls. No, I didn't mean stylistically. You mean like play-wise? The the way you use items. Oh, sure. Like healings are consumable. Yeah. Instead of the the renewable I don't know if that really is a significant thing, but. Well, I don't know. I mean, in Demon Souls, you can basically, you can brute force through a lot of stuff just because you can carry a lot of moss. Like 400 grass. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think player character movement is uh, much faster in, in uh, Demon Souls. So there won't be that much of a disconnect between Bloodborne and Demon Souls. Demon Souls is definitely the... F- the There's not very much encumbrance for player characters in mm-hmm. Demon Souls. So it's, it's the most similar to Bloodborne in that respect. Was, Whereas the yeah. other games you move much slower. In Dark Souls 2, I don't feel like there aren't a lot of, like, infinite stamina enemies and stuff that are, like, they're just those mace guys for the yeah. most part. I mean, there, there's a the gauntlet. Infinite stamina yeah. Enemy, but it's not like Dark Souls 3 where every character. The mace guys and their sword friends. Going up those stairs yeah. and then you're near yeah, the dragon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the dragon's trying. Um, so, yeah, basically that. Enjoy them. They're very fun. Here's, they're it, kind of the best games. <laughs> they are very good. They're some of my favorites. Uh, Here's another anonymous from Tumblr. So it addresses only me to say, Hey Dave, don't know how much into anime you are, but was wondering if you've been keeping up with this season's new hotness, Yuri on Ice. Yuri on Ice! Yuri on Ice! We've seen some of it. Yuri on Ice! I feel like maybe we're on episode six or seven. I love it. I know. I love it so much. You love it. I love the opening is so good. The and, opening is extremely good. And, and that song is extremely that good. That song is so good. And so I when we were we were like in Philly, I think, for yeah, Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving and, and we just we were, watched one episode. We had I watched think, like one or two. Before. And um we were driving around and if you I guess how do you even describe that? Like the thing where they bring in their arms and when you Padre. know, ice skaters, they bring in their <laughs> arms and then they put them out and then they're skating and so like Trying to imitate those gestures when you're driving is very fun. And <laughs> sure. I, I mean, when you're stopped at a stoplight or whatever. Oh, not well, like, yes, yes. Very safe. <laughs> but Ten it, and two, always. I'm more of a... That's uh, what Victor would I'm want. I'm more of a 
four and eight. I think that's the worst way to do no, it. No, it's not. It's fine. Is four it? and eight is fine. Anyway, I think ten and two has long since been debunked for yes. three and nine. I think you're supposed to do three and nine. I was driving my knee. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. Don't do that. I thought we were going to pro- provide a good example and, and only mention safe diving really practices. Like, what do you think about Yuri on Ice? In which it's no one has ever good. driven a car except Yuri's grandpa. It's that very good. Everybody gets around by ice skating. Victor is very cute. It's revealed in the final episode that they're in a post-apocalypse where only ice has survived. And so is Yuri. He's very cute, too. And his outfits are cute. You don't even know. I know. I mean, I've been There's begging to watch... There's a tremendous twist in the show. How do you know? Because I read Twitter and I can't help but get these things spoiled for me. I, I, as soon as I see that people are tweeting about I glaze. I, really? I, like, I cross my eyes and I try to skip Sometimes it. Sometimes I do that, but... Also, it's not like there's not a twist that like secretly they're in a war torn like oh, no. World War Three doesn't break out. From what I understand, it's actually a fairly charming twist. Um, I mean, I feel like they have to skate together at some point. I don't think I would. You consider that a twist? I don't know. Is there <laughs> maybe is in there... the world of ice skating where such a thing has never been done? What? Yeah. There's two people on the ice. Can no, it possibly couples, sustain couples, their weight? Couple skate is a thing. Yeah, at the roller rink. No, couple skate know, is like I'm a... I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, okay. That was all one joke. That was one long joke. That was a gag. <laughs> so, yes, uh, I love it. Dave, is you're kind, you like it, but you're not... I, I like it okay. I really like that it. director. Uh, the hell's your problem? Why don't you love it? It's so, it's so like... I just... So... I don't really like things that don't have stakes. Uh, like, I'm not... Well, like, the stakes are all, like, competitions. But I don't really like sports anime either. Oh, okay. So like, right? It's just I, I like I. But also, their kimuji are the stakes. So I kind of, it's not like a serious complaint. So don't take it as it is. But I feel like the pacing of their relationship is so off that I thought we missed an episode. I think that there are long gaps between the episodes. Yeah, but that was very confusing to me, especially because we took a long gap between those two right. episodes. So it kind of just threw me off my game. Because you were like, I felt like, oh, now they're dating? The episode between where he wins the competition and Victor is now his coach, and then yeah. he skates in that first official competition. Yeah. Like, they're dating somewhere between well, I mean, that but point, like, their basically. dating is not and quite... I, was like, I don't know if that's quite the right word for them that at that point in the... I, I think, yeah, they're like getting closer and definitely yeah, but doing like, something like, like dating. But they're seriously like... I wouldn't even say flirting. Like, they're having, like, very emotional... Yes. uh, Not displays, but, like, they are interacting very emotionally with each other. Sure. In a way that I was like, look, in a a lot of ways, this is actually probably much better than what I want. Because anime has no shortage of, like, the... Creepy. They can't... No, 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 no. I'm not even saying that. But, like, I'm saying, like, you know, the sort of... In so much as I like romance, like, I like, like... Oh, like there's so much romantic tension in the air, and there's yeah. there's really very little romantic tension. Are in the you show. kidding? Well, it's like different, I guess, but it's like it's not like will they, won't they? You're like, oh, they have, but there isn't very much of that in anime, so I I totally see how there's a niche for that. For me, the te- the tension is still like the the tension is still there for me because you know you don't know. 
how Victor's gonna respond or how if Yuri's gonna like I don't think that's true for me because like I feel like the, You're just the, like, the, like they clearly love each other. Well I just feel like the force the four episodes we've watched yeah. or so of like since now that they're like going yeah. out and doing actual skating competitions, it's not like well they won't leave. It's like they have like, which is fine because like that's in some ways that's great. Yeah, because they're like I they're said, not like being that's, coy that's about pretty it rare. Or being like, especially because it's like two dudes, they're not yeah. being like beating around the no. Bush like or it's anything. look, it's a it's I don't know. Like I just don't get a lot of tension from the show. So that's I, crazy. I like that. I get a lot of tension. I get a lot of you know he's like especially because the character. I also feel like all the side characters are bad. What? Like, I think they're kind of great. Everybody who isn't like the main, like all the side skaters, I guess. I, I feel like the supporting cast is kind of. Fine. I think a like lot of family. them are great. But like, I think from the, the, three the other them, sexy guy is kind of fun, and especially how they interact. Yeah, he's our so that the like is like fun, and then there's um. It just feels like they're spending. His like, family's really so, cute. No, but the, yeah, that's why I said the supporting yeah. cast is kind of different. I like those like three little the little kids. kids. They're, I know, so, they're weird. so cute. I kind of I always I always really like those like weird gremlins yeah. in shows. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I like all those characters. I like all the in people. I mean, but I feel me, like most of the like skaters you're like yeah that couldn't have been like two people it just feels like they spend so they much time on them. i mean the, but it, it's only like a 12 episode show sure but like, I <laughs> we're on like, like episode eight right but i, I just, don't know i, I feel, feel like, like, like it there could have been fewer of them i don't know i like it i like all of it i think sure. it's perfect and delicious <laughs> and lovely and pretty and it's like adorable yeah it's a good show um and exciting and emotionally complex. It certainly... I mean, it is about I two mean, people that, who are at the pinnacle of sort of their fields, right? So it's about these sort of high-pressure performance kind of, like, people who are like, the pressures on me are very different from the pressures that are on normal human beings. Yeah. Like, these things about performing and being the best in the world. It's like, Olymp it's like about mm -hmm. Olympians, right? Or about, you know, these extremely exceptional figure skaters so i think that like in that context emotional like the way they go into yuri's sort of like issues with self-doubt and being really sort of like convinced that he's incapable of doing better but also like that's what's interesting to me is like there he has this weird like self-sabotaging thing but he also has a lot like deep down he's like I'm actually quite good and I can't believe and like the way he's sort of like especially in the more recent ones where he's just like actually taking Yuri for or actually taking Victor sort of for a ride in that way of being like I'm surprising you now and you know you're you're like underestimating me yeah, that that true. kind of like feels really um interesting and uh like I an interesting they do, dynamic they do a it's, really good they do a good job with him with with sort of Going at that that idea of uh, with certain kinds of like self doubt or that yeah. kind of recrimination, it like paradoxically becomes this like extreme like that kind of self pity mm -hmm. can become simultaneously this extreme vanity. Yeah, uh, sure. and they kind of go into that a little in yeah. that one episode where there's the younger skater who idolizes him. Yeah, uh, idolizes. Yuri. Oh, Yuri, the yeah. other ja wasn't he another Japanese yeah. skater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cute. I liked that one. So. I, like that I mean, look, episode. that director is probably one of the best yeah. directors in 
anime town right now. Yeah. I think it might be just for me one of these cases where I'm like, well, you're a lot better than everything else that's around. So doesn't why, touch aren't your you, heart? why don't you just give it a little more? It doesn't touch your heart, I, I, I mean, guess. I, I don't know why. I would think a, a large percentage of it is just hype. I don't know. When, like, I feel I like it I. so heartwarming. Well, I just feel like I know everything that happens in the show already, so it's just like. But I feel like you're not paying over. attention to the more sort of like micro interactions between the two characters. Because, like, that to me is where all the interesting stuff lies. It's sort of their expectations for one another and how they upend them or, can, you know, sort of solidify them and how they. Like, to me, that's where the whole show is. Sure. I mean, it's I not super... I don't think super... that's not the case for me either. I don't know, but... In fact, like, like, I feel like I've to me, made that point by being there. like, they spend too much time on the other people. Yeah. Like, when clearly the... Like, I just... I don't think half of those skaters are going to get, like, a character arc. No. So, like, it's not exactly wasted effort because, like, a yeah, certain part of the show is, like, having these skate routines. So yeah. it's not like it's wasted in the way that like if you just, just don't a, you, I mean, regular show that didn't have these actions you just don't like figure skating also. I, I also i don't yeah like figure the, skating is the one aesthetic of those, is something i don't really care about but see because figure skating is one of those things that i'm like when it comes around i'm like yay i mean i don't follow it really but um i enjoy it when it's you know the olympics or whatever so and, and it is one of those like oh this is like the only the one yeah. of the only fun things it has made me want some katsudan Give me oh, that pork cutlet bowl. That is pretty cutlet. good. That was cute. The sort of ex- and I like the how they, extended metaphors yeah. they do with him being the pork cutlet. But I also those like are all that really they, good. I also like that he just outgrows that at a certain point. It's yeah. Like, oh, oh, he's like, oh, actually, I am a grown up. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he's just like, no, never mind. I, I can go straight to actual love now. Like, I don't need to like be like I can conceptualize this only as like a delicious pork cutlet, the sexiest pork cutlet. <sighs> I mean, that was that the little adorable was half skirt and that outfit funny. is so pretty. Yeah, I mean, look, it's good. I just, I'm always, I think I'm always gonna like. I don't think she's gonna make something better than Michiko and Hachin for me in the near future. I just felt like Michiko and Hachin, I really liked, but the emo, the, the stakes in that show for me emotionally were actually well. It's just more low. my aesthetic. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But like, I guess for me, it's like. I like I don't like saying things like this because I don't feel it the I just respond a little less when like there's no like the characters aren't at each other's throats, basically. What I really like about Michiko and Hachin is that they just fucking hate each other. Uh, but they're sort of like but they're like, we can't do anything about this. Like we're just stuck. They don't hate yeah. Well, they are they are often very sour at each other. Right. And the sort of level of sourness on your and ice is not a lot, but there's also not a lot of anime that operates on that level of Right. Of I mean that's somehow I like that's why I like it so much. It's very not anime in that way. It's yeah. it's like not it sort of feels more genuine, like more real. Yeah. More like actual humans. Anything else to say? I love it. Yeah. You ready for another? Yeah. Guess we're moving kind of into life stuff. That was it for games and media? Uh yeah. You know, given that we're an hour in, let's keep it moving. We got Shit, things that's to nothing. do. We, yes, but we have Last Guardian to finish. We have. Oh <laughs> there, yeah, we're going to stream Last Guardian so tonight. Many, yes, but it's too late. 
they will have received this warning. We should record a podcast a day and then just edit them all when we're in, and put them out when we're in Italy. That was my dream to record two podcasts Let's at do least it. before. We'll do a revenge cast tomorrow. Okay, but a podcast a day at this point. It's like it's, three, it's, three podcasts. It's two podcasts. Why? Because <laughs> my mom was coming on Thursday. Tell her to come on Friday. I can, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I also want to ask Joel if I could get one in on Thursday with him. Yeah. I mean, not that we couldn't do both, but sure. I'm also not that hopeful that that would happen. Um, so those are our not very current and not super informed opinions on Yuri on Ice. That's pretty current. The show's still airing. Yeah, but I just mean that. Oh, I mean, we're people behind. are. Yeah. yeah. People have decided their OTPs on that one long before we got in the game. I mean, there's only one OTP in that, in that uh, show. Maybe that's why I don't like it. Can't imagine everyone just banging. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You don't know, don't you have any love of actual romance? That's that's a problem with Overwatch, man. It's like now this character has a love interest, and it's like, well, I <laughs> who's Tracer's love interest? N- nobody, like oh. a, not a character in the game. Apparently, oh, okay. she has an but off camera. Now it's like nobody no can imagine her. <laughs> so did you see the posts? People are very upset. <sighs> dudes? Yeah. Yeah. One well, person described it as feeling annoying. like he had been shot in the heart. Dudes I was are like, annoying. God, I hope you're 12 years old. <laughs> Did you hear see the thing of people being really mad about the Widowmaker thing? Oh, the yeah, I also saw that. There was one that I was like, this can't be real. Where the yeah. guy was no, like, I, saw the I was one. about to kiss the monitor. No, 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 no. Somebody out. That was the. Oh, that, that was the yeah. quote yeah, tweet. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. like, yeah. You were, he Even was like, I just felt like very about to, hurt. Yeah. He was like, you were about to kiss the monitor. When she <laughs> <laughs> did that, didn't you? I was like, oh, it's sad. But also, not everything is custom designed for your sexual gratification. So I, fucking I have heard deal with that. that. But you have, As a man, I know it's hard to understand. That, in fact, everything is and therefore it's very confusing when, when you encounter not. something that isn't right I and understand. that sort that of cognitive distance that must can, have been a real struggle can feel like being shot in the heart <laughs> must have been a real struggle i actually struggle. misread that post at first and i thought it said i felt as if i would have a shot with her and i was like so your oh, problem with this is this, fun. this robot fun. <laughs> that you can't fuck <laughs> it's now definitively she would not have sex with you and not even she could be bi I mean, did they say she's gay or did they say she they has just, a girlfriend? They just, she has a girlfriend. So sure. Look, man, hope springs eternal, you nerds. But like, also, who cares? Like, if you think it's people that apparently yes, but then these people also, clearly aren't aware of fan fiction. Because like, I thought McCree was gay. A character having a canon love interest has never stopped anybody in yeah. the history of fandom right so why should it be a problem now except well it's, it's funny a bunch because of straight it's, dudes yeah exactly like, they're like wait i shouldn't have to like have to wait, like why do i have to imagine this right. why isn't it just that yeah <laughs> why don't i just why do i have to that be, i want directly why do i have to be the one who's like <laughs> making my own version of a head canon relationship because there's nothing out there for me because only one of the characters is overtly super sexy. It is pretty sad. But this isn't the first time we've been around that Tracer Bend. No. <laughs> Remember when they cut the her slapping her butt animation from the game? I didn't even know. I don't remember that. People freaked out. Probably these same people. 
Sure. Boys are whiny. Yeah, pretty much. Straight boys are so whiny. <laughs> you know. Hi. When you got pebble in your shoe, but you've never experienced pebbles before. It's true. It's pretty rough. You're like, ow. Feels like you're being stabbed. Feels like you're being shot in the heart. Yeah. Well, how about you people raise boys to not think that they're the center of the universe? Well, it might be too late for that. Well... No, it's not. Well, no, but I just mean the planet's going to end before those the next generation of boys before, who aren't being raised like that grow up. Before we can smash the patriarchy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe. I guess. I'll just have to go live in caves again. And then it becomes hold hot a, to full boyfriend and the pigeons a, yeah. take over. Hold a, hold a vigil around the one, one shaft of wheat. Yeah. Of rye. Cup our hands over it mm -hmm. on the snowy nights. Guard it. Taiga. Yeah. Breathe on it so that it warms up and doesn't mm -hmm. freeze. Did you see the fig trees in the backyard? No. They wrap them in plastic and mm -hmm. put a bucket over them. It's so funny because like if you, to keep them warm, I think. Oh. Uh, but it's like I don't know. Look, ch check like next time. It's funny. Okay, as I said, <laughs> moving on. Yes. Alex says, hey guys, no big downer here. Hope I'm not too late. This question is directed mostly at Dave after hearing some Sega Saturn Dreamcast talk in old fast karate episodes. I'm about to move, so I've been packing up almost all my older systems to store at my parents' house for now. In the age of flashcards and possible SD card mods for systems like Saturn and Dreamcast, all I really want to hang on to is the original hardware. I've worked at a retro video game store for a few years now, so that's really killed any desire to obsessively collect. I count that as a blessing. So I'm really curious what you've hung on to. Any cool stuff, favorites, rarities? Grats, anything you've clung on to? Nope. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. We live in New York. So I was actually thinking about that the other day because this is such a random thing. Mm -hmm. But I was like, Jeff Gersman has a lot of shoes. <laughs> I was like, he owns a lot <laughs> is, of pairs of sneakers. Is he a sneakerhead? I think probably. Yeah. But I'm like, I own yeah. like 15 t-shirts, 20 t-shirts. You're not like, a sneaker head yeah, or a but like that's, clothes hound or that's any of those. That's how much fits in the apartment. Yeah. Like you, you buy a lot less physical books. Yeah. I, I, I had the strange experience of buying The Last Guardian on a disc. Mm -hmm. And I was like, when was the last time I did this? <laughs> like it was just weird. I'm trying to think if you I keep have. Your, you have your Dreamcast. I do have the Dreamcast, and I, I have and all the like games. like 16 controllers for it. But that, but that, I mean, that's what he's saying, keeping the original hardware, and then you can basically just pirate everything. Uh, yeah, especially if it's not available. I, I still, the nice thing about games is that you can just keep it all in a binder. I don't really have, I probably have, like, one or two, like, cases of games that are, yeah. that I think are particularly nice, but I can't even think of them off the top of my head. I keep a bunch of manga around, but that's kind of more a case of, like, I feel like books are different. I mean, he was asking specifically about, I think, like, systems and stuff. I keep absolutely nothing um, except for books, I guess. I, I have hung on to a bunch of, of my, yeah. If That's the funny thing is I bought joy. that book and I was like, wait. Bitch, I already knew that. <laughs> I already do. Oh, I mean, I don't, like, hold everything and reflect on whether or not it brings me joy. But I, I just throw things away that I don't like or need. Or sell them on eBay. I don't do that. I give them away or just... Um, I still have the Grunty that came with the dot .hack box set. Yeah, but you're attached to that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's what like I'm saying. That's like a, a thing. You can look at, yeah. <laughs> look at the mantle where uh, the girl who left through time Blu-ray is. Yeah. For some, I think you put that up there. 
Yeah, I did. For, <laughs> for you. Yeah, and now it's, it's your avatar. It's your tum tumble avatar. Um, so I am. So living in New York and moving so often. See, this is the thing about moving. If you yeah. move often, you tend to really want to not have a lot of crap. So, uh, so we moved three times in the past five years, I think. Six years. Yeah, I was just thinking so about that the other day, too. We tend to throw away a lot, of, get rid of, a, not throw, like, I mean, we throw some stuff in the garbage, it's trash, but yeah, like, we get rid of a lot of crap if we don't need it. And, um, you know, you hang on to some clothes for a long time because you're like, I really love these jeans, but I am too fat for them. Uh, but I will still keep them because maybe someday I won't be too fat for them. And you're like, no, it's never going to happen. So just get rid of those jeans or, you know, give them to Goodwill. But, yeah. um, I don't know. I could picture, like, I have, like, Sega Saturn games and PlayStation games used to come in those, like, big mm -hmm. cases. The big plastic ones that were sort of rectangular. So I have, like, I still have the Guardian Heroes box. I think maybe my, like, just most absurd artifact that is still in this apartment oh, is the Italian it. controller. Uh-uh. There's one more thing that is more ridiculous than that that I think we still own. It's small. What is it? I think it's it. Don't you still have that can of salmon? Oh yeah, <laughs> the can of salmon. Oh, I'm really afraid that's gonna blow up at some point. <laughs> it's like a relic from your yeah, college days yeah, of friends. We, well, it's because when we used to do like the cooking blogs, we started this running gag where we would put the can of salmon into one of the pictures right. in every post. So you need it for. So yeah, I don't know. That was just yeah, sort of memories. But yeah, the Steel Battalion controller is huge, and, and it's, it's in our closet. In the co yeah. One corner of the closet. Um, but yeah, we don't tend to keep a lot of stuff. Yeah, books, really books are different. Like books. Stuff. I mean, depending on. Look, I our my law books are right now propping up one of our. Um, our entertainment center. entertainment center. So they're being useful. But you know, I got rid of the stupid ones and kept a few um, ones that might be interesting or useful. But other than that, you know, books, yeah, books I love, I keep. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they are heavy and hard to move around. When I, like, got my first job was when anime was really first coming out on DVD. Mm -hmm. So I bought, like, everything. And uh, in the past year or so, have just committed to the effort of, like, clearing all those yeah. things out of my mom's house. Yeah. Uh, which basically I just but took all the liner stuff outside of the DVD cases and was like, just recycle these. But we've never gotten rid of like a console, right? Besides, uh, no. from, besides uh, selling it. Like we usually just put them in the closet. Yeah. Well, we I have our know. old Xbox, right? As, as we've been dating, it's only been one console generation. We're married. Well, since we've been dating. You mean since we were dating? Yes. Since we were dating and moved into marriage. Since before we were married. Since, since we met. Okay. <laughs> the Xbox was out when we met. Xbox And just left. Yeah. So, yeah. like, the Xboxes and PS3s, for the most part, live in the closet. Yes. The PS2 lives somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere around here. It can come out anywhere. So, we do, yes. Bite you. See, the thing, okay, so we don't have a lot of crap, but we do have a lot of consoles. <laughs> yeah, consoles. but fortunately, they are generally squarish and don't take that much space so you can just, can just stick stack them, them under something or stack them moving is a good excuse to give away the things that you do not want anymore hold it in your hand and be like will i use this do i want this am i going to put it somewhere where it's useful or looks nice will it bring me joy 
Marie Kondo. Yep. But that shit about socks is bullshit. Like what? I don't make the socks sad by letting them get bunched up in your drawers. Like what? Is, that is that is silly. It's but, Japanese animism, you know. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I don't mean to denigrate your sort of like belief system, but uh, Shintoism. Yeah. Um, if your socks aren't licking the beans. But uh, the t-shirt thing, that's how I fold my t-shirts. You fold your t-shirts and you put them... You were like, I already knew how to do that, I already too. do do that. This whole book is bullshit. It is. I can't believe I paid fourteen ninety five. No, actually, I mean, the, it's not bullshit because there actually are good parts where she was like, for years, I would give... And this is, your mom does this really hardcore, which is essentially you give other people things because you don't want to throw it away. Yep. So what you're doing is making them throw it away. Yep. Um, so <laughs> just get the fuck over it, man. Just either throw it away or bring it to goodwill yourself. Don't yeah. like, don't hang on to voice that responsibility yeah. off on somebody else and then and never I, learn. I think that that's easy for me because my parents are fucking pack rats and I hated just having all this crap that nobody ever used in the house in piles, just like piles of papers. Like my mother would like take you know magazines or not magazines like usually like journals or journal papers and and like pile them in a corner and and i'd be like grace this is we need to get rid of these these are dusty they've been here for four years and you haven't fucking touched them and she would be like i need those <laughs> like, you don't just throw them away yeah Ugh. are you ready to move on yes uh i have not a tough, tough one, but one that I feel like we're um, not exactly equipped to deal with. So I reached out to a friend. Let me read you. Hey, I'm really liking the Wi-Fi podcast and recently started listening through the backlog of Fast Karate, which is kind of a huge undertaking. But at least I won't <laughs> yep. run out of pods anytime soon. Now on to the first question. The thing is, I recently came out to my family and close friends as trans, and online I mostly identify as female. But recently, when I got a new job, my colleagues asked where they could find me online and if we could play some games. For some reason, I got really nervous because I did not know how these people would react if they found that I'm trans. What can I do here, or am I just shit out of luck? I'm not confident to present in girl mode in public just yet. Second question. I recently went to get a referral from my local health center to get some help with my gender dysphoria. So now I have a meeting with a doctor who is supposed to help me get said referral. But for some reason, every time I think of talking about this with someone... I kind of get scared, freeze up, and just want to run away. Yeah. Could it be some kind of stupid pride thing, or am I just scared of change? Thanks for the great podcast. Thanks for sending in your question. Um, so I forwarded this, or I sort of, I summarized it. I did not forward the email uh, mm -hmm. to, to a friend of mine who is trans. So she writes, Oh, gosh. Okay, so first of all, these are just my thoughts. I've been out for a little while, but not forever. So they may not be good advice for her, but I can try. First of all, it's awesome that she is considering going to a doc. A lot of people toss around the word brave and it doesn't really feel like bravery, but it does take a lot of fortitude, if not bravery, to do difficult things to take care of oneself, Yeah. especially when not everyone is supportive. And I'm really glad she has close friends and family she can be out to. Yeah. So thoughts. Talking to someone is scary, just like in general. Psychs and doctors and everything <laughs> for everyone. Yep. Opening up to total strangers is super scary. Mm -hmm. Opening up to total strangers about being trans is even more scary. Yeah. Because there's a stigma attached wrongly to being trans. Sorry, it's, it's there's a stigma attached in parentheses yes, wrongly, wrongly. To, just yes. to be clear. We have to fight with internalized transphobia about what people will think if they knew, how they'd see us, and what we think of ourselves. That's a real trial, and a lot of folks don't get that. 
So what I'm saying is fear of opening up even to professionals is normal. Shame is frequent for us, but it shouldn't be. It's something we have to practice and work to move through. It takes yeah. effort. Could it be some sort of stupid pride thing? Pride's not stupid. It's okay to be proud of yourself, but it, it's also okay to ask for help. Help isn't the opposite of pride. Could it be fear of change? Totally. It's scary to make to take concrete steps towards something new. That's normal too. Even if it's a good change and a necessary change, it's still scary. It can be scary to feel like you have that much control over yourself too. So scary is normal. There's nothing wrong with that. How can you make it easier? One advantage that she has is that she does have family and close friends who know. Yeah. It's important not to be afraid to get support. If someone can come along, even to go so far as the door, that can mean a lot. The difference between going alone and going knowing you're supported and loved is tremendous. Another thing that was big for me is perspective. I don't know the doc or the health center, but in this case, it sounds like it is someone professional who knows their work. I hope that I've understood that right. Research the doctor in question beforehand, yeah. if possible, and see what others have said. Doctors see a lot of patients every day. They have seen everything, and a patient who is polite and thoughtful is basically the nicest thing they will see all day. Nothing your requester is asking for is strange or bad or unusual, especially not for a doctor who is actually familiar with those concerns. Doctors are frequently too busy to actually judge people. <laughs> all the things that I was scared of, and I hope all the things that she is scared of, are probably not actually things that a doctor will even notice. Those were big for me. One, internalized transphobia is awful, and if she's like me, for a while it will tint all of her interactions. She must know that the things the world has taught her about trans people are wrong, but it still takes a while to move past the emotions that they leave behind. Two, support networks are crucial. Being trans is difficult. Rely on your friends and family when you can because having support and knowing you're loved is an amazing thing. Even having someone drop you off or take you to the door matters. Hatred is the most insidious thing ever and support and community are so crucial to dealing with that. Three, there are definitely assholes out in the world. There are also many people who will be professional and give no shits about who you are. If this doctor is professional and busy, their time will be spent providing care, not judging. Yeah. Their job is to help you. I don't want to downplay her fears or feelings because fears are significant and real, and this is a harder thing to do than many people will ever have to deal with. But being yeah. trans takes a lot of fortitude, and she's shown a ton by even coming out, starting to get a f referral and writing in. She can do this. So thanks. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Um, to our very good friend who we love and yeah. is amazing. But I think, I guess, I, this was a while ago, and I'm also sorry that it's been so long that we recorded the podcast. I think this person sent, sent an email like a month ago, oh, probably. sorry. So we should be better about recording podcasts. I but, know. You know. I, especially if we're soliciting, like, yeah. you know, life stuff. It's I, That's what's so, yeah, this podcast has been hard because people write in with life stuff, and we're like, ah, oh, fuck! How are we going to answer this in time? And then, you know, yeah. I don't know. Just to the point about sort of, it is tough with the colleagues thing being like, where, where are you online? Like, yeah. how do we play games? Which in this day and age, it's like, if I think especially if you're a certain age, it's like, what's your Twitter? Yeah. Like, depending on your field, basically, like depending on what you work in. Especially if you work in something that's like even remotely techie, people are going to be like, where's your Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. What's your Steam name? But I think it's okay to just sort of defer those questions if you if you're not comfortable don't feel yet. comfortable. If you feel like that's too yeah. much sort of emotional effort right, right now to be like, all right, well, I just went through this like yeah. 
sort of, I had this experience with my family and friends that completely depleted me. Yeah. Even if they, I mean, it seems like they responded positively, which is good. It's still a lot of work. I think it's okay to brush that stuff off just by being sort of like, oh, you know, I'm so busy. Like, I don't really have a lot of time to play games right now. Or like, I don't really tweet or, you know, stuff like that. I think you can just sort of, and I don't think people, I don't think your colleagues are generally interested in you enough to actually care. Right. You know? Like, they might be like, oh, I'm going to play Titanfall with this person or whatever. Right. But if you say no, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe People are you... pretty self-centered, especially, like, work right. co-workers. They're, they're not really your friends, right. probably. I mean, it may be so, that like, she talked about playing games or yeah. something at work, and so then people are like, let's play let's play games. But, um, but it, yeah, if you're not, like, in girl mode, which was your words all the time, and you don't want to deal with your colleagues sort of confusion or questions about that right now you're just like look i I, i'm i know how to pace what i'm ready to deal with and you know i'm I'm waiting on this one then that's like totally reasonable i guess like can you go back to the original question and what was the actual can you reread that portion uh recently when i got a new job my colleagues asked me where they could find me online and if we could play some games for some reason i got really nervous i didn't know how these people reacted they found out i'm trans right what can i do here am i just shit out of luck i'm not confident to present in girl mode out in public just yet yet. yeah i don't know like i i think also just to sort of put this idea in your head so you can decide whether or not this is something you're feeling i feel like with what you could categorize as like life goals or when you like feel like you need you when you basically you have this huge effort in front of you yeah there's kind of an an instinctual feeling that a lot of people get where they're like well this has to be like now or like every moment i'm not doing this is wasted time or stuff yeah, like that, right? Sound like that's yeah, I, I'm just saying that, like, you know, this could be a factor in, in yeah. feeling like, well, both like, why can't I just right. tell these people, right. like, what my C name is, and also, like, why am I freezing up? Right. Like, I mean, like, that's like a instinct that you have to defeat, but you don't have to defeat it like immediately. Yeah, <laughs> like that's something you'll you can sort of habituate yourself to and then it becomes less scary and that's what it seems like Uh, but again yeah i feel like yeah or those tasks become less imposing as you sort of like take small doses of poison basically to be like all right like i've experienced this i mean for me personally like my greatest source of anxiety is like the unknown so like when i gain experience with something when i gain practical experience and i realize like uh, for me it's like just a lot of like and i think it ties into sort of my like attention deficit stuff like if i don't feel like i can map out every step in my head if you don't know what exactly yeah if i don't feel like i have this like empirical knowledge of the process where i'm like okay this is going to take like nine steps for me to do like i yep can get completely hopeless and be like, well, I should just never, ever do this. Mm-hmm. But like once I do it, I have those steps in my head now. So it's mm-hmm. really just not to compare this one to one, but for me, it's like kind of like a matter of like pushing yourself over that yeah. hump or clearing that hurdle yeah. the first time. And then you'll sort of, this is like, you know, a sort of more broad thing yeah. about fear or anxiety. Fear general, confronting. Because like, yes, obviously nothing we're ever, or yeah, we've it, confronted up till now is going to compare to transphobia. Like, it just won't. And I think uh, our friend's line, like, it takes fortitude to be trans is really 
true, unfortunately. Like, it, it shouldn't be so hard, but it, I think that that's just the reality right now, unfortunately, and I think that it is, like, you can be proud of yourself. I mean, the pride thing was about a different, different Yeah, well, I think that's, it. you know, don't let that, the, the way that the question asker defines pride, like, right, don't, right, right. don't let yeah. yourself do that in that, like, sort of self-sabotaging way. Because right. that's, like, you, sometimes you do feel that way, yeah. and you're like, like it's almost like it's like with the you're a nice thing it's like yeah. it's this weird way of like convincing yourself that uh, it's almost like you don't deserve to feel this way right. like you're like yes. i feel so bad that actually i must be good so i don't deserve to feel bad or something <laughs> right you know yeah. what i mean like that's uh, the perverse opposite yeah. of i'm actually a shit and i don't deserve to feel yeah. good <laughs> and so like and then you feel guilty about feeling bad yes and like don't like it, that's just one of those things that yeah. you have to learn a way to like you have to consciously force yourself out of that yeah. trap. You have to just sort of sit there and be like, this is actually not true. And yeah. I'm just kind of like psyching myself out. And it's not helping me to think that way. And like not everything in your brain can be defeated that way. No, but like not. I think it's, I still think it's kind of like a part of the process. Mm -hmm. Like that, it's not like an instantaneous result, but I do, I do think there's some truth to the idea that like you're sort of planting seeds in there that, you know, might to mix metaphors, get the engine revving. And yeah. then eventually you'll sort of come up to speed. But I was gonna say, um, to Kylie's point, like the thing that I would say and is like, don't be afraid to lean on people that you know you can lean on. Yeah, and I think there is an instinct, in, especially in cases like this, especially with something like where you're very tentatively coming out and being like, I'm trans. A lot of people will have like an instinct to revert or retreat yeah. and be like, I'm, in, I'm too, I'm imposing too much on these people. Right. Or like, if I impose too much on these people, they will just evaporate mm -hmm. and then I will have no one. And that's like such a scary thought that yeah. it will completely halt you in your tracks. Like it, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because then you're not getting that support. Right. It's the idea. It's like, you are creating that thing through no fault of your friends who, if they are your friends, actually do want to help you. Absolutely. And actually care about you and like, We'll be there for you. And, and that's just not, sort of like be aware of And that's not to that. say that like people are perfect at, especially. Yes, they, cannot I feel, be, they might not be able to be there for you 100 million percent of the time. But I just mean like people may, and I think that like, I don't know if this is a literacy on trans issues and like what trans people go through is getting better, I think, but it's still not great. And I think that people may really want to help, but not really fully understand. Yeah. So it may be that like, you know, they can help where they can and you know, you can. Unfortunately, like I think that responsibility kind of falls on you because you're the only one who can, like, it's not right. fair, no. but it's like, you're going to be in this position where you're not going to have to but like, is, that must, walk yeah, a tightrope, but like really difficult to be like, some people are uh, going to be like, I'm helping right. and then but they're not going to completely understand right. or like they're basically going to be dealing with what society has imbued mm -hmm. in them right. and being like completely consciously being like I'm going to help and then like unconsciously yeah. maybe giving you a vibe that you're like I don't like this vibe right, right now this is yeah. not good for me so it's not fair but like 
at least in the short term. Yeah, I feel like that. Like while I you sort of so that that kind of learn how to process like, yeah, these like signals, educating all like, of your friends and family at the same time. Oh no, like I don't think that, I don't think their... that's necessarily on you. No, I think but you I feel can... like a lot of people have to do that, right? A lot of trans people feel like I think have a lot to of go through that and be like, oh, I... yeah, but I yeah, sorry, I, I just don't want to phrase it like, well, now's your time. This is your time to be a personalized teaching moment. Oh like God, no, 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 that's just, what just to be saying. I was just saying that, like, I think feel like that seems like what people a lot of that's people have to do sort of outside of the scope of the question but i feel like the advice for that if you feel like that's something that's happening in your life is like develop a fucking syllabus yeah you exactly can just hand off to people <laughs> yeah. and be like right. here's your reading material yes, please like, read this call me in Get a week like basically yeah because yeah. uh, like i got enough shit going on right. without which is like not to say like obviously you're yeah. you know that sort of support is reciprocal Yep. And I presume you are providing support for your friends and family as well. like And just, have or have yeah. in the past. So it's not like you're just like, well, exactly. now's my time to like sort of absorb all these like good yeah. feels. I mean, to a certain extent, it yeah. might be yeah. like, look, like there are those sorts of imbalances in, in relationships where sure. it's like somebody needs a little more than the other person at times. And like, that's, that's fine. How, yeah, that's how people work. So like in, in a sense, now is your time. Right. But you also should not feel like you are committing this like misdeed or by yeah, being like by right. asking for a little more support than like sort of what quote unquote feels like your fair share you just ask that. for what you need and like your friends ought to provide that exactly. because that is sort of the the point and of i'm having so friends. happy to hear that you have family too that's yeah. supportive that's like so huge that's but also yeah here. like just sort of to the point of like navigating your friends attitudes and sort of what they might bring to the table, like, make yourself available when you feel like, like or, or make yourself unavailable when you feel mm -hmm. like the heat is a little too much. When yeah. you're just like, I can't deal with this or like whatever sort of passive vibe I'm getting right. or like it's not explainy time right now or whatever. Or you might just feel like, well, I don't fucking know. Right. <laughs> like, I'm a little new at this too, guys. Right. Like, right. I, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, and that's why I feel like, you know, I don't know. I'm sure this is process you're going through and like reaching out to people. I don't know if you have a lot of friends who are trans already or um, you're sort of like developing that those kinds of networks. But I think that obviously is wicked important. Like uh, people who are, have gone through a similar sort of transition and a similar similar social situations around that transition I, like nothing can compare to people who have been through it and thankfully the internet is also really good for that yeah <laughs> really absolutely. good for sort of those kinds of small because there are just things that like and i, I assume know. this person yeah yeah is like, already i feel like if you're on twitter networks, or tumblr yeah, sure you you can yeah you can find the people you need and unfortunately i feel like, I feel like, like I, I'm, you know this is a really difficult aspect of it, it depends on like the type of people you work with too like i mean there are a lot of places where there are no legal protections for trans people and so if you feel like you're afraid of reprisal or discrimination at your workplace unfortunately like that is just something we you know as a society have not fixed yeah and, and it's like a really bad time for that Right which now. is really so it but might like, not be the you know it, it, it's totally it's not unreasonable at all for you to be a little nervous about that even if most of it is not centered around maybe these people are great and like 
you know that they have trans friends or something and like they, they you like it's just about you being like i'm still a little like uncomfortable in where i am with this where i am with myself and so i'm not really but no you said that you're afraid what they might think if you're well trans. So, i mean just sorry did you have a oh i kind of wanted to redo that but it's fine so if you're you don't know how they're going to react and you're not you know you're not quite ready for like to, i would take some time to sort of solidify the relationships you have that are already people who you know are on your side to like gain some some sense of uh, some sense of uh Solidity. So, yeah, some solidity and in your relationships and in a support network first before you jump into that. But again, everything at your own. Pace. Yeah, but the, that's what I was going to say. Sort of, yeah, the coming the coming out of work, being publicly out. That's like that's where the itsudate my pesu yeah. <laughs> comes in, where it's just like, look, and that's kind of the point I was trying to get to earlier and didn't quite. But like, you know. This is something I've read a lot about. I've talked to a lot of people about this. And, like, there is this sort of concept of, like, well, if I'm out, like, I must not be authentic. Or if I'm not out, then I'm, there must be something inauthentic about this. Right. right? If I'm not, like, sort of brought out publicly to everyone, out. everyone, you um, mean? Yeah. So, and I feel like this is something yeah, that a lot of people sad. carry people for a long should, time. Yeah, that's sad. And, like, sort of defeating that is... It's not something you're going to do overnight, but like try and keep at the forefront of yeah. your mind that it's like don't feel that way. Yeah. It, so and it's there's uh, no indication that I mean basically maybe there is that don't do, feel but. like and that's what what I was talking about earlier with yeah. the like feeling like I have to do this like all at once right. like I need to get this out the door like right now yeah well otherwise it's not real and there's like a lot of different factors that create that feeling of tension but one of them is this idea that it's like sort of a betrayal whether of yourself yeah. like sort of achieving your truer self or right. like of your community trans community yeah. yeah of being like well i'm sort of shirking my responsibilities or something you know yeah, what but i mean I feel but like that, people that, are that, really good at that. yeah but like... i'm saying but i'm not saying i'm saying this is like a, like a sort of psychosis of or course, something that, so don't try not to drill that stuff into your head if you're feeling them you might right, not be but what if we're putting that in <laughs> but i don't think that's okay. what happened right no, right now i don't but, think so i, I think yes basically it's just, just those are things like, you know I, we had people talk you know I've, people understand yes, that this is like a, an especially fraught process yeah. and to a certain extent it will not stop being fraught so like you don't have to feel like there's this sort of end of the rainbow Thing right, that, that you have, you have to, get to get to right now or yeah. it doesn't count both for you and for kind of like the world at large right right because yeah. there's like two factors here where you are both like sort of self-recriminating but you're also might be giving yourself this self-recrimination of like the world at large right. being like your your community is judging you because like they're out so why aren't you right. but like they have gone through this process too yeah, and you course. may at, be at a much earlier point in the thing so it's just a lot of this stuff is just stuff that you eventually defeat by keeping it in mind at all times which is or not at all times like right, not like you have to exhausting. be like constantly like you're not the the, the black watch like yeah. up on the gate so the, that the, the white walkers watch? don't get in the night watch. no i just mean you have to be vigilant in a sense of like when you have those sorts of thoughts yeah. you just you have to beat them down and yeah. like that doesn't mean they're defeated yeah but it's like you have to be you have to sort of make yourself satisfied with the knowledge that like 
you are dulling the impact of those yeah. negative sentiments over time. Yeah. And that has to be kind of, you have to kind of, I mean, th this is true for a lot of things. Yeah. This is kind of how you have to deal with like a lot of mental illness, yeah. for example, is just by like reinforcement. Yeah, and Basically therapy. being like, <laughs> I'm going to like chip away at this thing yeah. that's causing me stress. I mean, yeah, yeah it's all just stress. It's, I mean, it's not about, men and this not to say that, what you're dealing with is equivalent to mental illness. It's just like when society has certain expectations of you and like certain, and you have to navigate the gap in between like who you are as a person. I think that therapy can be very useful. This is our constant refrain. So, and I think that it's certainly not trying to stigmatize the process of transitioning or anything by saying that therapy can be, I think, immensely useful during that process because, like, the world is going to throw a lot of yeah. crazy shit just because it's a crazy, crazy place. Um, and it'll just throw shit your way and having somebody in your corner who understands you and uh, has your back and can give you perspective and um, is familiar. And again, like, this is why I really, I do really hope the doctor you're going to see is familiar with it has trans patients and it yeah it is i mean well depending well on where versed. you are that can be more but you can exactly that's why you, you really that's city. that was a really that was a really good advice to like look up this doctor yeah. and see what other people have said and finding I, I think there are what is the thing where you can find i feel like there isn't there a list for doctors who i mean this might be just queer positive when you go on i mean so you, you can go but, on uh, so i don't know if that's when you're on your insurance website yeah. you know obviously therapists will have specialties right for, or you know if you have friends who who are from your part of the woods um they can give you referrals to doctors let you know who's a if there are good people working who can who are good resources so thanks for your question. Yes. Hope we did okay with it. Um, thank you for. So my friend, I, I just sort of summarized your question to her, but she does a lot of outreach work. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's her career. Yeah. So she has a lot of this stuff at the forefront of her brain. So you know, she she would be able to provide you with links to websites and stuff like that. You know, just general resources yeah. that might help guide you to where the right sorts of people were basically yeah. the people yeah. who are going to be able to help you. But thanks for trusting us with that question. It means a lot. All right. This next one's pretty tough too. Dear Dave and Grotz. Hi. Who is your favorite Dave Riley real or fictional besides the obvious one? My favorite is the pro protagonist of Sinbat, a Dave Riley novel. <laughs> Dave Riley and his Green Beret A-team must defeat a threat shockingly inhuman. Set in the shadowy world of genetic research, Sinbat stands for a synthetic battle form. Not a synthetic bat? Well, there's nothing to say it couldn't be a bat. That's true. It just... Battle form bat? Yeah. Okay. Why isn't the battle form a bat? It worked for Dracula. Yeah. Kind of. I guess he was usually fleeing when turning into a bat. <laughs> or just, you know, more conveyance. Uh, the battle, the bat yeah. form in Symphony of the Night was not that good. It had a bunch of attacks, but I form didn't feel like form any, of steam was much better. Form of mist. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Toxic Cloud. I do anyway. know. Form of steam is from Space Ghost. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the research conducted is at the research is conducted at a lab in the deep woods of Western Tennessee under the Pentagon's secret black budget. Is top secret. 
the secret black budget is top secret. Yeah, this of is the it Amazon is. summary. Until the subjects of the experiment escape, the Sinbats are now roaming the countryside, acting out what they were designed to do. Kill. <laughs> Riley and his team are called in for damage control. Oh, yeah? Easier said than done. Is he a hard-boiled cigar chomping? They follow uh, the deadly tale to Chicago, <laughs> where long abandoned tunnels are a lair for the Sinbats to do what could well spell the end of mankind. Procreate at incredible speed. <laughs> Wait, we made these robots to fight and fuck? Yeah. It's what a race is, against time as Riley must there? destroy mankind's greatest threat. Our own genes spliced with that of another species. <laughs> so that was from Jonah. Do you have any favorite Dave Riley's off the top of I your head? I think my favorite Dave Riley is your insert, your insert character and in, detective in the front beat. Oh, yeah. Comic now my, that I'm... My OC. Now that I'm... <laughs> my original character yeah, did not steal. Now that I'm... Because uh, th I just thought of it because I was like cigar-chomping hard-boiled detective named Dave Riley. I was like, yeah, that's pretty much you. The shaved head. Look, at the time... Back when you had a shaved it head. It was a joke. Sure. Because we were like webcamics. They're all drawing people who are themselves. So we'll just draw this comic where everybody's ourselves. Yeah. And a robot. Well, not everybody's a robot. No. Some and there's a robot. <laughs> and there's a robot. All my favorite things. Myself and robots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know any other. Dave I have. Riley's. I have a favorite, and I have a least favorite. Least favorite is the fucking nerd who owns DaveRiley.com and hasn't posted a blog on there in over a year. Most favorite, or rather, uh, the sort of shonen aspirational human that's always in the hazy distance mm -hmm. in my nostalgia flashbacks that I'm reaching out my hand to but mm -hmm. the, and the sun is in my eyes so I can't clearly make out their form yeah. is it my father <laughs> is it my estranged dad who never loved me but yet I still feel such uh, no it's Dave Riley the jazz musician yeah right yeah, I <laughs> who remember that. populates the Google search by a wide margin yeah uh, and has is the only one with a Wikipedia page among yeah. us. <laughs> Who's your favorite Graziella Maddy? Uh, I don't think there are any others. There aren't. Which is like, it's your it's your blessing and yeah, your curse. You I have know. if you wrote a novel, yeah. you would have such good SEO. And I know what SEO is because I wrote a novel and I Googled that, <laughs> and then good I job. never did anything with it. Yeah. Whereas with me, it's like I had to change my writer name to Dave L. Riley because sure. otherwise Goodreads but lumped me in. what does L. stand for? No one knows. My full name is actually Dave S.L.R. Riley. And that stands for Single Stuart Lens Little? Reflex. <laughs> Wait, what's the stand Single Lens Reflex. Reflex. Single, single Lens Acid Reflex? Because, Aeon you know, reflex? in college, Scabs went to an art school and mm -hmm. his uh, Arubaito which is Japanese for part-time job, uh, mm -hmm. was at a camera store. Mm -hmm. So he noticed, like, we, at one point we were, like, comparing driver's licenses or something, mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, your middle name, he was like, your middle name's L, yeah. and then R. R. So he was yeah. like, SLR, like, camera. Or XLR. So, that's, so that's where the S came from. Sure. Uh, but I think that this, his, his I, I think his, it started with Andrew, Mm -hmm. saying something about scabs so he became jqrs scabla and then i think scabs mm -hmm. did like a Iterated. little judo flip but i don't remember scabs's middle name is an r i think so i don't know where the q came from it's you know it's just one of those things that we do 
maybe and all it, humans my do that. My middle name also begins with G. I know you're G G M. You're like you You could uh, run Spider Man's like editorial desk. Why? You're G G Maddie. G G Maddie. Yeah. G G G. You could call me G G. J Joya Matterson. G Joya Matterson. Yeah. I have a pretty uncommon. That's name. a fun question. I had no idea that novel exists. That's pretty funny. That's pretty cute. What, like, not, like, Dave Riley, though. Like, what a not punchy name for, like, it's not Jack Reacher. It's not, uh. Nope. Whatever the it's hell pretty, the Tom Clancy guys white, are. It's not Ding Chavez. Nope. No, definitely not. <laughs> we should start calling not, Ed, uh, Eduardo Ding Chavez. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the, what's, what's, um. Edward James Olmos's name in, in Blade Runner? Gaff? Yeah. It's not Gaff. <laughs> it's not, he wasn't named after a hook. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let me. Do you think that Edward James Olmos met himself in a parallel dimension and just merged body mass in order to go from who he was in Blade Runner? To who he was in Stand and Deliver and afterwards. So he was because he's just so tiny in Blade Runner. He's double. He's like wafy. Almost. He's yeah. like wafy. Yeah. And like I don't know how Edward James. Yeah, almost he does can look like a, He's like a different sized person with yes. the same sized head. <laughs> he's like a this weird. Even he's like a coffee stirrer or something. It's thinner. Yeah. Well, it's he got so older. Of course, but certain. he just yeah. It is a strange phenomenon. Yeah. It's great. I love it. But I love, love how our fat, I love fat how beefy. Adamas. I love we how love be- yeah. Fat Adamas in all shapes and sizes. Absolutely. I love. I wouldn't take him any other way. In fact, I think Wafy Edward. I mean, he's Edward. Wafy Edward seems almost as beautiful. But I, I don't. I prefer stately, paunchy Edward James almost. Like he's definitely my top tier almost. Okay, I got one for you. Now that I gave you that light lightweight one. Mm-hmm. Here's another one from the banks of the Sirius Conservatory, where we research such questions, such as, Dear Boss Door, yep. <laughs> recently a friend of mine was dumped by a girlfriend of three years. Aww. Cause of death was distance. Yep. She's an undergrad. He's a career student. Regardless, he was profoundly infected, in love, and still believing there's a chance. He talked at me for a night about it, and I did my best, but I can never tell how he's really doing. I've been on the receiving end of post-breakup vents before, and it's always awkward AF. Oh, no, yeah. sorry, I should say. It's always awk AF, <laughs> which is the, my preferred oh, phrasing, oh, too. What are you supposed to say to these people during this delicate time? What should my goal have been? Because I figured not taking sides I just want you to feel better was an approach, but it felt kind of cold slash hallmark in practice. Kindly ruminating over Buddy's oratorical tears. <laughs> or Robot. Thank you for the sign-off. Mm-hmm. Robot. So as someone... Who has a, a great deal of experience with this exact phenomenon. Really? A lot of your friends I, came with you to post-breakup rants? No, just being like, well, what the fuck being am I robot. supposed to say now? Right. My answer is... I don't fucking know. I mean, yeah, I think that like what you do is you try to see where they're at and you try to see what they need to hear and you tell them what they need to hear. Yeah, I was going to I was kind of going to say the same thing. I was going to say, they well, first be- off, you didn't necessarily do anything wrong because a lot of a lot of times are wrong. You didn't necessarily do anything incorrectly because a lot of these times people just want to talk at someone. Oh, yeah, they definitely so just want to get it out. The majority of the the talking, even if they don't know it. They want to be doing. Yeah. So you're not really there to provide solutions. So Unless they're like, what should I do? And yeah. then they're quiet until you get But I them. think if somebody asks, what should I do? 
then you it's easier to have a response that's true that. you say there's nothing you can do you have to like process if, this and get over it if so, and like if, move but on if, if somebody's like just like it sounds like in this situation just kind of rent yeah it's like it's true if somebody I mean, it's yeah, probably in your much. you you there's not much that yeah that person probably actually internally wanted you to say yeah they probably just wanted you know some sort of general pats and like yeah i'm sorry you feel that way and like you know i feel like in conversations like that yeah. you give them their sort of you just you act like an echo chamber a little you like mm -hmm. when they're talking kind of dies down you just like sort of tie off one of their plot threads and then they'll pick it off somewhere else right yeah. or you, you just sort or of like yes you you pick up on you pose like another thing that they're saying you, you pick up on whatever they were saying that you feel like is constructive for them and about like you know if they say something about yeah i just gotta get over this and figure it out um then you say yes exactly you know that that's what you need to do now you just have to you know and take time to feel bad take time to like grieve over a three-year relationship's a big deal take time to grieve over that but don't get lost in this like what could i have done should i try to get this back because for the most part once relationships are over they're over and you can reanimate them Ugh, and usually that's not the best course of action so if he feels like really raw and he's like trying to like revive it i would say it's a good idea to just be like listen if that's what you really feel in your heart that you need to do you can do that but i think as a friend the best and most healthy thing for you especially given like you know that this relationship went on for a while you guys moved apart you lived apart things fell apart <laughs> that you need to move on you need to grow and heal and take time and i'll be there for you we can hang out but i think that like rehashing it constantly is probably bad for you and so like if you get really tired of fucking having to talk about it all the time you can say that be like listen you know i'm super happy to talk to you you can lie i'm super happy to talk to you about this as much as you need but i just feel like it's really not healthy for you to be rehashing this so much so let's like <laughs> i mean but that is true you know, that isn't self-serving that is true. absolutely true <laughs> like it's not good for people to be constantly yeah because then you're like and then you're fixating we've come out against myers yeah Mike, Boggs, Mike Myers. Marshes, Mike Myers. Boggs are great. Yeah, they're necessary, but also kind of icky. No, but Boggs are fantastic. That's how we find out so many things about yeah, the past. It's like you need it for the ecosystem, too, right? That's how but we found also out that you need it for all those a lot of Vikings were actually women. Because they fell into the bogs. Yeah, and, there was like this. were preserved by the slightly alkaline. Exactly. There was like a uh, like a battle like in, in England somewhere. Vikings versus, you know, whatever. Native Celts. Yeah. And uh, like fully half of the Viking warriors were women. And people were like, because, you know, whenever people theorize about the past, they're like, we must recreate our current, like, patriarchal dynamic, because that's the only thing that has ever made sense. I was gonna say, take that, video game nerds. Shove <laughs> that like, historical actually, accuracy up your ass. There are lots of different arrangements that social, that people might find themselves in, and there's no reason to assume that, like, mm -hmm. that everyone who ever did anything important was a man. I actually so, saw like, this Tumblr post you. that was like, uh, you know, it was one of those, like, sort of call out Tumblr post, but call out to no one. And yeah. so it's like, it was calling out no one. And the topic this time was like, sort of, I'm sick of warrior women in fiction who denigrate women work. Yeah, like that's true. Like sewing and cooking and stuff. And I was like, that is that true. That is absolutely true. And like true. one of the things I hate the most 
in books is like the main character who's like, and I know I've talked about this mm-hmm. on other podcasts, like, I don't like girl stuff. Yeah. I don't, I like boots and yeah. like mechanical grease. Mm-hmm. And what sex? Like, never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm chased. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> the other, I felt like the other part of that is like, you know, guys, you might want to examine what we today think of as like medieval women's work. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily like a one-to-one with Absolutely, like with what characters are doing. Of, in like, yeah. Because like, for example, like brewing, or, I feel like yeah. it's a good example or of tailors. like women did most of the brewing in medieval Europe. Yep. And uh, like, yeah, there were a lot of jobs that women tended to do tailoring. Yeah, so it's just uh, like there's there's two angles to attack that. Well, I guess that's traditional like needlepoint, I guess, but like, that's different. That's different than like you going to a shop to be like, "Please make me a suit" or whatever. Yeah. People think of that as generally a male thing. But yes, absolutely revisit our like very narrow conceptions. So you hear about, that like, robot? What? Revisit your narrow conceptions. <laughs> that has nothing to do with you. But um, but yes. Uh, I, I think I think the reason this this answer has been so brief is because you basically did what you have exactly. to do. Exactly. Like you just listen and you say, "Hey, man, I want you to feel better." And you feel bad and for yourself because it sucks. I think it's it's like oh, one of those it sucks things so much. Being in that conversation, oh, it really does. Yeah, I mean, not, in lame. the beginning, it's like it, it's like, oh my god, I want to be here for you as much as you. But people really can just be like so, and look, like people Lack can of be awareness, yeah, of and, like, but like people can be devastated, are. and yeah. and and if people are devastated and they really feel like this was something, you know, there are some people who, no matter what happens, they're gonna look at it as this grand tragedy. Like I have friends that are drama queens, and that's how they see everything. It's like. Um, all of these, please rehash all of these tiny interactions ad nauseum because, you know, like some people are just like, uh, insufferable when they're in this mode, but some people just really are raw and, you know, they need a little support. And then you say, you say, listen, grieve, we'll go through this. And, you know, this is just like, take however much time you need to grieve. But I really think that like the best thing for you and you know, this is to move on. You know, process this, but then we're moving on. You got to move on. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm sure there are people out there who like the bodhisattva of like post breakup counseling and yeah. can like make you come out of that feeling like pure and crisp as a mountain sp- stream. But yeah. like you're just there to be a sounding board. Yeah. Like they just want to get some of this crap out. And, you and can just your, be 10% of the conversation. And, but giving your friends pep talks is a thing. That's the thing that you have to do for friends. Yeah. So like practicing that is uh is a good thing so if you need you know like if you find yourself really stilted and difficult you can even say like look you know this is kind of hard for me like i really want to help but it's like i find it difficult to have these kinds of conversations so i'm really trying to to like get better at this and you know you can just like have that out in the open so it doesn't feel so awkward if that's part of the problem and then you can be like look like fundamentally i think that like you know this was a really shitty situation i'm really sorry i'll talk to you about it as much as you want but my you know my advice is the same it's like we gotta like pick pick you up get you out there like give you know you get a, butt, give dust, your hat on the butt dust your dust footy you pajamas up, off and just, dust your hiki what is your, your, yeah your kirigumi you can dust off your kirigumi <laughs> get back out there <laughs> put your creepy creepily lifelike anime head on oh wait didn't you want to tell the story about how, how the our, tween's dad our, like 60 some year old neighbor yeah. was outside in a blue rabbit kirigumi I think it was one of his daughters which was like the well, most yeah, horrible thing I mean, because yes, they 
they they were wearing like, those tween for or teenage daughters. yes we call well yeah we call them all tweens but I think the oldest one is like nineteen and the youngest is probably like. I'm not 12, sure, 12 or something. So we call we call them all tweens, despite that. And they're very sweet. Um, they're they they're cool. They look they seem pretty like a cool family. So I was walking and, down the street, yeah. and it's this like he is like a bald, yeah, like well, Brooklyn like, ass yeah, look, like mother surly, like, stocky white yeah, dude, white dude, yeah, and like he is wearing this baby blue, like yeah. Robin's egg blue, <laughs> Kigurumi yeah. with a rabbit hood, yeah. and he's yeah. like talking. To, to I think neighbor. one of the other neighbors. Yeah, the neighbor right next door. They like might be related even. I think they're at the, like, the ones like, with the fig trees. Yeah, That's he's fun. like indicating like something that's wrong with like the window sills yeah. on the second floor or something <laughs> so he's wearing this rabbit costume. Yeah. Well, his, his daughter, I think like the, the daughter, I've, I've seen her a few times. I think she's probably still in high school. She's like the, she's got like an undercut. So she's kind of butch, cool kid, cool tween. Um, I think she was wearing that for Halloween. So yeah. I think that, well, like, when we were giving were, out candy on the yeah. stoop, there were two of them yeah. wearing. Cute rooms, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious. They're so cute. We went to a Halloween party the queen, where the somebody was so wearing cute. one of those. And I was like. Yeah. Anyway. So I have one to segue off of that, which is, hey, Dave and Grotz. I didn't super read this one to know if it's just straight up uh, praise for something we said before. Okay. But it's not that long. Just a quick comment on the long-distance relationship talk. I agree fully with Dave, speaking from experience. When I was about 13, I had a long-distance thing with a girl I'd known for years on the internet. It lasted about two years, and while I was mostly happy during it, it wasn't a great thing. I was constantly insecure about whether the relationship was one-sided and felt sort of thwarted by the distance for a lot of reasons. Part of that was because I was basically right and the relationship was pretty one-sided, but everything you said totally applied. In the end, it was nice to learn about flaws that I could keep an eye on in the future relationships, mostly that I'm clingy, <laughs> but it kind of nicks my chances at having yeah. a real relationship in high school, which is yeah. part of what led me being into the situation where I'm 25 with no real romantic experience. So consider this a long form plus one to your advice to avoid that. Sincerely, yeah. realize over messenger more never close enough. Or romance. Nice. Thank you Good for writing job. romance. Uh, I just wanted to add a comment. To, I, I do feel kind of douchey sometimes saying that. being like, no, never. And I never want to be like, no, never. Right. But I do think this stuff, this, this is something to be entered into with your eyes fully open. Yeah. And I think when you're a young teen, you may not necessarily be able to do that. So it's like an er error on the side of caution thing yeah but you well, know it's interesting because you were on the vanguard of that right like you were you mean like i was the first generation mm-hmm. yeah of like i'm talking to people online and yeah. that's my sort of like relationship experiences well i mean yes and no there's like a certain intimacy you get out of that mm-hmm. and i feel like in at times like like i said that can be kind of like a placebo yeah or something or like methadone and be like well i'm enjoying this enough so i don't need to go yeah. out there and like I think they just yeah you learn you learn a lot and different things, which is not to say that it's like ever worthless. You know, and some people you know if you're gay and you live in a small town and you are like Like, craving intimacy, like maybe that's your only option because like there might not be a lot of other kids who are out. I mean, there probably there are. They're also not out. out Yeah. So look, I don't want to be like super prescriptive about this and be like no, never. Right. But I do think it's something you have to be pretty aware of in the doing of it and yeah. being like is this fulfilling me right like does this or am i relying on this rather than pushing myself to try to and i think it is if good. there are people you're interested in real life like you should 
force yourself into uncomfortable situations, even if it feels really impossible. Now, that being said, there are some people with severe social phobia and such who like really can't do that. So that's, you know, I'm not talking like that is something you have to deal with over longer term with like different prescript. I don't want to be like prescriptive anyway, but like they're different. They're, they're you know, I'll, might be different answers for that kind of person. But if you're like semi-competent socially, like push yourself. Push yourself to actually meet people face-to-face if that's an option for you when you're a kid. But, I mean, we shouldn't really be talking to kids. Yeah, I don't think there's many 13-year-olds that no, listen to this podcast, if any. If there is, get your advice from someone else. <laughs> Good. Shoot. No, I mean, we're not, shoo. We're not that. Shoo. We're not that blue. Shoo, shoo. No. There's, no, there's nothing we they don't hear lot. that isn't on their Call of Duties or their rap albums. <laughs> what? We're not, yeah. On the Young Ma tapes. I don't think, yeah. Oh, man. Ooh. So. I can't even do it. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Moving on? Yeah. Your Young Ma tapes. I have time. Tapes? She's young. She's never even seen a tape. It's good to to those things by tapes. Yeah, kids, She's a kid. Uh, the Tumblr post, it's like, She's kids amazing. will never understand the connection between this and this. And it's like a pencil and a cassette tape. And it's like, yeah, I guess. Good for them. They're lucky. Yes. To save that pain. It's true. Okay, I named this When okay. I Graduate, because it's about that. I'm a super senior. Also, it's young M.A. in the spring. And for the first time ever, I've hit it off really good with a girl who doesn't already have a boyfriend. The problem is she's a freshman. So when I graduate, she'll still be in school. Now, I may not have dated very many girls in my life, but that's because I don't fall for people very easily, and I tend to play for keeps. I've never been one to date for fun. I'd get sick of it far too quickly. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is, should I go for it? At the very least, how would you guys handle the situation? Also, for all I know, she's really nice, and my brain's just reading it as flirting. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose I should clarify, I don't want to, like, ask her to marry or anything after only a year, but when I date people, I at least expect to have a meaningful relationship. You're an ever-faithful listener. Doesn't understand major body language or dumb. Uh, says P.S. Dave, Joel, Grotz, you guys are my, seriously my absolute favorite podcast I've ever been listening since 2005. Oh, I wow. I iTunes review if I had iTunes. Sorry, excited for the book, though. So I assume this person, because it says been listening to th- 2005, I assume this is college and not high school. Which I was trying to find the question to reread the beginning because mm. I was looking up how old young M.A. is. She was born in 1992, by it the way. So basically, he's a senior in college who met a freshman, yeah. probably in college. Likes her, thinks he likes him. Should you follow up on this? Because Unless it's high school and, and you were listening to Fast Karate when you were four. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> when you graduate. 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 When I graduate. When I graduate. Duh. Super senior. Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing. So I would say it depends on the age difference, probably. Uh, if you've hit it off and you feel like you have a connection, there's nothing wrong with um, sort of pursuing that. But yeah, if you're graduating and you're going to be moving away and you're like, yeah, if you're I'm the kind of person away. who I don't really want to date somebody and then have to deal with like, if that's how you already feel like you you know you're going to feel about it, if you end up having to like not. But like, you know, you can learn a lot of things about yourself. Like it can be a pleasant experience to have a short relationship with somebody. Who you, you got really like four enjoy. or five like, more months, man. 
but that's not for everybody. Some people are like, I don't really do that. I don't, yeah. I don't do short-term dating. Like that's not really, and that's maybe what you mean by dating for fun. But I think that, you know, there can be valuable, valuable experiences in there and you never know what can happen. Like you might, you know, this person, if you stay in touch, you know, you might really grow really close. You never know. So, but I would say if you already know that this isn't really something you're super into the idea, but you say you haven't dated a ton. So I would say go for it. I mean, ask her out and see how it goes. And if you're enjoying yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a different skill set too, dating like that, I think. And a lot of, and some people don't date. I, I mean, I don't, forging those bonds quickly and efficiently i have not you know i have not dated a lot of people in my life i have i have been a sort of um i have had very few relationships and i haven't really dated in between because i'm not i don't like go on dates yeah well i think i don't know if this is someone so you see a lot I, I think it's this, yeah. it's good to it's good that you have the some amount of self of perspective yes. of like I don't know. Maybe she's just nice. She might not be flirting with me. I mean, uh, girls are, you know, a lot of girls, you know, they're conditioned to be nice. Yeah. And even to the point of what might seem like flirting in order to just be nice so and polite. So it may it may just be polite niceness. And she might like you as a person, but not but it's to also, date. But you never but know. But it's also not bad to ask somebody out on a date no. if that's the case. Because yeah. then you'll sort that out in the wash. But again, be cool uh, about it when you I ask think, people out. I think if this is like a person that you've met once... And you had like, or like, you know, a couple times. That's not what it seemed like, though. It was in her classes. Right. But if you have a whole class together and you interact a lot. Yeah. But you, you could have a whole class together and not. Yeah. I guess, I guess hit it off to me seems like you've had a fair number of interactions. You know that she doesn't have a boyfriend. So you talked a little. I mean, I don't know. All, All this stuff to me. I was never the type to, like, bury myself in, like, what-ifs and, the, like, that sort of specific thing. So, it's more like, well, would you rather just see what happens or would you rather, like, give yourself the mental strain of, like, <laughs> yeah. thinking about this all the time and, like, gaming it out? I don't know. I think if it's, if it's a person you see, you've interacted with, like, a decent amount mm-hmm. and you feel like you kind of have a vibe for their personality. Yeah. And you feel like, I want to see where this goes. There's, like, usually not any harm yeah. And asking a person out, especially in school, where, like, that's kind of the whole point is to, like, socialize with people. Mm-hmm. For, like, that's a lot of the point is mm-hmm. to teach yourself how to socialize and date and all that stuff. Sure. I don't, I think, with our mature youth, hopefully, as long as you ask in a way that makes you a chill dude. Yeah. Nobody's going to feel pressured, pressured to, like, yeah. be like, oh, ha, if you're like, hey, I think you're cool. We've had these great conversations. We share interests, yeah. whatever. Do you want to go out and date, see a movie or something? Just say, yeah. just, you know, it's Use the like, word date. it's the classic, like, rules. Just make sure and you, no and again, bones about you it. Like, you want to go on a date. If, if, if not, like, it's totally cool. We can yeah. just be friends. It's, like, totally cool. But again, and then that's why I brought up the age difference, because you said you're a super senior. So, I don't know if that means, like, maybe you've been in school for... So, you're, like, 23, maybe. maybe. And she might be 18. It, and, which is a fair fairly big so she if she knows that about you and she's like she may i mean it i'm not saying this is the case but i think that like she may feel a little like safer with you because maybe you're not a romantic because like if she thinks yeah, that, like oh you so must be you're relaxed. you're more mature than me so you must not be interested in like the younger people so like maybe i'm like you know i look to you as a friend because you're like more mature and you've been in school for a while you like know the game whatever like who knows 
you can only really get a feel for that. You say that you might be mistaking something as flirting, but if she's, you know, if you feel like she's flirting with you, there's probably a good chance she might be flirting with you. But I think the best way to determine that is to straight up ask her out on a date. But again, because you are maybe significantly as much as five years older and 18 is, you know, 18 can be very experienced or can be super young yeah. and naive. So like you don't, I mean, and you don't probably don't know her that well. So like, I think the best approach is always to be like, Hey, like, I really think you're cool. And I, you know, maybe we could go out on a date sometime, but if you, you know, if that, if you're not comfortable with that or whatever, like, please, like, you know, it's totally cool. I like you as a person. We can just be friends. You know, it's just not a big deal. I just thought maybe it could be fun. That kind of thing be like chill about it because again like there can be with people and again like this is like my coming from my own experience of being you know like it's not it, being asked out is not the most comfortable thing for a lot of people but it's also not the most comfortable thing to do and it's hard so like you know like it's you just gotta gotta go for it sometimes but to sort of more directly to the point of this question i don't know i i feel like I don't like putting it in these like logical terms, but I th if it's just like, well, I'm the uh, personally, I'm the kind of person who always preferred like ripping the bandaid off versus like sort of yes. stewing in those feelings. Yeah. And it's like, you know, a 50 50 chance whether you actually do that. Yeah. But like, I do personally, if you're invested enough to write an advice podcast, sure. That probably means you actually are yeah, you like interested her. enough, regardless yeah. of how long term. Yeah. This relationship's prospects might be sure. So that seems to me an indication. And again, if you haven't dated a lot, it's good, of other it's factors, good experiences to, to get, have is yeah. to, to, to like dating people is good. Yeah, I think if I don't you want were to the call kind of practice. person who's interested in dating people, having bulk experiences is good or because just it, any experience. It, it makes yeah. it easier. But yeah, exactly. I don't know. If you were at a job and you were 23 and you were 18, I would probably be like, "That's no, weird." Yeah. But like at college, at school, the different. rules are a little different. Yeah. I still think, you know, it, this, it's still like a, a, a case by case basis. Basically. Exactly. This just comes down to your guys' respective yeah. personality types. Yes. But I also don't think. And maybe you're, that she's you're like. not in like a weird position of power over her or anything. So as not long necessarily. as you're like. Ho hopefully, yes. Or like. Yeah, be aware of that. Yes. Be aware I think if be you're aware the TA or something. Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I just think, it may, yeah. And, and again, like 23 can be pretty, you know, I know I have friends who had never dated by 23 and who had very little dating experience. And I have friends who, by the time they were 18, were like old souls. And <laughs> just, well, not exactly, obviously, like 18 is young for everybody, but people who had certainly more experience than people I knew when they were 23. So it totally depends, but you, you get to be mindful that like, yeah, some 18 year olds are quite, quite fresh faced and new at the world. So just be sensitive to that, I think. Good job. All right. I got one more real one and then one kind of fun one and then let's shut it down. Yeah. All right. So coworker relations. Semi recently, I returned to work after being away on short-term disability leave. This sucked for a lot of reasons, not the least of which was that I was, you know, sick. So sick I couldn't get out of bed Aww. a lot of the time for four months. For the most part, people were pretty great about me coming back, though with a little initial wariness on whether or not I would be sticking around. However, one person has been a lot less great. This is a coworker that I got along with very well before going on leave, but since coming back, he has basically given me the professional version of the silent treatment. He never speaks to me unless required by our jobs, and even then only for a short time as possible. Obviously, this is kind of hurtful. My yeah. question is, do you think there's any possible positive outcome to calling out this behavior privately, probably by email? I'm trying 
to just not let it get to me, but it's kind of getting to ridiculous levels. And it's also making it so that I'm looking for excuses not to do work favors for him. For example, I pull tasks off other coworkers to do lists when I run out of items on my own because I know I will get zero acknowledgement for it. It's Overall, wrong with that. it's just a super disappointment to see this person I had respect for acting this way. And it gives me the sads. Aww. I don't know. Or IDK. Yeah. What would you do? Sign not being sick at anyone. Or yeah, Nibisa. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this Oof. person sounds like they're being a dick. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah. sometimes people if you feel like you had create a pretty imagined good... resentment. Yeah. If you feel like you had a pretty good work relationship with them and that was something you valued, I would say, yeah, absolutely. Email them and be like, hey, like, I noticed since I've been back, like, you've been kind of quiet and haven't really, like, seemed like you wanted to talk to me that much. So I was wondering if everything was okay or, like, what's up with that or whatever. So don't totally. I think that, like, you definitely could have a good outcome with that, but it may be that, like, then you're going to have to, like... Maybe he's a shithead and he's going to be like, well, I just don't think that being sick is legitimate. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, I, think I think that you're a lazy. The way this question is like, laid out, you, like, it seems like this is probably stemming from some irrational thing. Yeah. People grow these sorts of completely irrational resentments all yeah. the time. So, But also I think the it's expectations a, it's, it's around a, work in this, like, in, in, it's, is absurd. Like... Somebody who feels like you were sick at them because you missed work and it's a co-worker is like, you need to reevaluate yep. your, the world that we live in. So I think it's a two-part thing, following up on what you said. If you feel like you had a decent relationship before and that's now gone. And you miss and it. And also, yeah, if you feel like there's something lost there. Yeah, exactly. That feels if not, then just continue to not yeah. do him Otherwise, any fucking favors. Otherwise, fuck my, my strategy would be more to like find ways to not care yeah rather to not let it bother me rather than being like oh and like just you know for context i know this person is a woman (laughs) um so yeah you're i mean i'm sure you're aware of this yeah but like it's not your job (laughs) to fix relationships especially when it's like somebody else acting out like being yeah basically like throwing this like passive aggressive tantrum yeah which are like the worst people to be co-workers with and like you know in my experience not that i've dealt with it on this level before but like the way you deal with those people is just by like how you would deal with like a child who's yeah. throwing a tantrum you just don't acknowledge yeah, it you ignore and them. like you just act like you are look you act like you are unconcerned or like why can i not remember this basic vocabulary word that is like <laughs> what you're supposed to do in such, no just like you act indifferent yeah. Like, you you know, it's like one of these things, like the proper response to hate is indifference. Nope, that's not, that's not how it goes. Well, like. That says that's the opposite of hate is indifference. Oh, sure. <laughs> no. Or no. The, the opposite, opposite of love is love not, is in, hate, not hate, it's, it's indifference. indifference. No, but I'm saying I don't, like, whatever. Like if somebody's giving you shit. Yeah. Like, you Even know, if it's passive aggressive, quiet, I'm yeah. not talking to you shit. Like, then like, don't fucking. Even if they're not doing it consciously, part of that is because they're so resentful of you that they yeah, want to get a sad. rise out of you. Yeah. I bet like what he wants is for you to go and like fucking apologize. For he either wants sick, an apology or he wants you him. to like blow up at him so yeah. he can feel like he's in the right. Yeah. Like I feel like that's probably. Ugh, I'm so sorry. As the situation is. It's incredibly I'm so, And I'm really late. sorry that it's making you sad. Like. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Guy. I mean if it's making you really sad and you feel like there's something lost there. Yeah. Like that sucks. Yeah. And it's like kind of on you to be like 
well, do I have the emotional reserves right. to like reach out to this person in this like probably kids glove way and in to which like case, mend their broken fee-fees. In which case right? I would do it and I would not I would not even acknowledge that you have any idea why he would be mad at you. Yeah. Because there is no rational reason for him no to be upset with you. Sort of like blind exact, indifference. Exactly. Blind, ignorance. Like ignorance. Just be like, yeah. hey, I've noticed like since I've been back that like you, you know, you, you've been kind of like avoiding me a is little. There, is there anything going on Is there on anything, <laughs> is there anything that's going on with you that like you're upset about like what what's going on are you okay <laughs> i would do that rather than be like hey it seems like you're mad because you think that i got sick and it was you know like i you deserve an apology for that because like don't acknowledge that unless yeah and if he comes at you with like you know you left me with all this work or something to be like um i was sick or just this is no, work i, I don't don't you yes just say, don't. okay bye just and be like you never have to talk to him again or seems, just be like it seems like you have a, a job where the, you yes. are not like sort of yeah. required to interact with this guy like eight hours a day yeah in such a way that it's like necessarily super harming your work experience right. it does seem like it's kind of like i don't know i mean that's the question it's it's sort of on your feelings of like yeah well is this impacting me in a seriously negative way and is there no way to fix this kind of internally like because if, if this guy is just like if you think he's if a he's piece just of your shit, co-worker and he's a piece and you're of like shit, he look like dude a piece you were fine and now you're being super shitty to me and yeah. i could have taken or leaving you beforehand frankly yeah. like we were just cordial yeah then like i think maybe the best goal is to just look sometimes when people you could take or leave are dicks to you it makes you upset in this kind of like yeah. irrational way right and it's just one of those things you have to like train yourself not to do. Yeah. Just be like, no, this is ridiculous that no, I feel but this not way. Ev- not everyone is. You're. I think you're especially good at just being like writing people off, though. Yeah, but I used to. Be, but at the same time, like I'm. I. That's something I you can cultivate. Like stuff can cut you, man. Yeah. And you're like this thing from this person that like not only I don't care about, but like I actively hate. <laughs> like or like yeah, I actively different. actively think less of. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I but feel sort of like like an acute acutely wounded in yeah. this moment but like that's just sort of like this irrational like i don't know like pollyanna like i want to be friends with everyone and i want yeah. everybody to hold hands uh so you just have to be like well you know some people are just shits yeah and like it's okay for me to feel like i don't have to feel bad if someone's shitty to me because mm-hmm. it's their shitty behavior is not actually a referendum on me nope certainly isn't uh they might think it's a it referendum is. on them no <laughs> so, because like that is super selfish so i think you either and really kind of shitty you you think about like it's just we're missing a little context of yeah, like maybe. was this person kind of your work friend yeah or was this person a, a you had a fine work relationship right. with it, and, and now, now he's being, being super an weird. asshole, and that kind of needs to inform yeah. whether you put what. It's frankly either either way, it's too much effort. But like, yeah, one way doesn't give them the satisfaction because if they're being a dick, it's because they're like a little kid who wants to throw a temper tantrum because they want you to feel, ask them what's feel, wrong or feel shitty about it and be like, which, yeah, they want you to feel shitty and they want to make you come to you, them guy. and be like, you come to me. All right, one more. And it's fun. Uh, but it's also something that I don't know if we're, like, going to be super good at. But I thought I was flattered <laughs> to have received it. Hey, David Grotz. Been listening to Fast Karate and Wi-Fi for, for over the last year. Thanks for the great podcast. Yay. You guys are 
94% of the reason why my coworkers give me sideways glances while I'm <laughs> snickering at my desk from your jokes. Yeah, I am familiar. What greater praise could there be than that? Yeah, I am familiar with that. For me, it, it, lately, it's been Bodega Boys. Yeah. I'm writing to you because I'm becoming a first-time dog owner as an adult, and I wanted to ask you guys one simple question. What is the most anime name you would ever name your own hypothetical dog, cat, or whatever pet you might want slash have slash desire? I'm not asking you to name my dog for me. I just thought this would be a fun thought exercise. Thanks for all the laughs. Ben, P.S. Enjoy this gif of a bear. Oh, <laughs> Neko for, bear for a gif. dog. Uh, Nyan, Neko? Nyan chat. Nyan, Nyan chat. Nyan dog. Nyan dog. Why? Just for irony? I don't know. You sure. Neko ko neko. Neko nyan dog. I have no idea. I've never. I'm not good with coming up with names. Have you on the considered spot, the frankly. name Poot? <laughs> I actually had a dream that we That's had not an anime name. That we got two dogs uh, last night, but I don't remember what they were named in the dream. And neither of them were Shibas, and one of them was ugly. You said. Yeah, one of them was. Yeah, one of those ugly dogs. You mean was, like a pit bull or like a Rottweiler? Or it was like, like a, a boxer. Boxer. Or something boxer. Like that. That's was the, like, uh, we're not big on boxers. No, I'm not a fan. Uh, but the other one was like some sort of one of those like beefy, super furry dogs. Aww, so I like those. Me too. Uh, I don't know. See, like off the top of your head, it's hard. But uh, I feel like I have had some dalliances with like anime names. And I'm like, no. How do you that say bear? one barrier? Akuma. Kuma. Akuma is devil. Kuma chan. Kuma chan. Kuma. Kuma chin. Kuma chin. Kuma. Kumatan. Have you noticed how in um, why in Terrace House they only call Mako-chan? I don't know. Have you heard of Inuyasha? Mm -hmm. That means Kagome. dog. It means dog Yasha. That's pretty anime. <laughs> Seshomaru. <laughs> Sesho! Get back here right now, Sesho! Um, Heal! Those are the only- Do not use the Magatama. <laughs> Who are, what are other dogs? Dogs in anime, like yeah. famous anime dogs. Yeah. Yunkers. <laughs> Dog? That's the detective in in Monster, isn't it? What? Maybe. Isn't that a character? I in... think it is, yeah. but there's a there's a anime called Yunkers Come Here. Yeah. And it was sort of famous in anime fan circles because on the, the box art, yeah. it was it was like a schnauzer or something. Right. Dog like looks like that. There was like a little speech bubble that said, Call me Yunkers, like spelled out phonetically. Right. <laughs> Wait, what was the what was the name of the potato dog? Janaino Kun. Kun. I think that good. actually that that's it. I mean that maybe we should name our dog Janaino Kun. Yeah, but what what would we call him? It combines shorthand. all Janaino. Gia's list: eight anime dogs you'd want to adopt from Anime News Network. Oh, Mr. Tadakichi, obviously. Yeah, Mr. Tadakichi is the ultimate anime dog. Mm -hmm. Top twenty cute anime dogs. Chio's dad is actually a weird cat. What? Yeah, get out of here. Apparently there was a dog in Fullmetal Alchemist called Black Hayate. I don't remember that. Oh right. Oh, was that the creepy dog human? No, it was. It looks like because that a was puppy. weird. The silky-haired creepy dog human. If a dog's personality reflects its owners, it's no surprise that the smart by the book Lieutenant Riza Hawkeye's dog is such a disciplined pooch. Sure, the strict pre-dinner routine may not seem like a big deal, but Hayate has been known to jump into the line of fire to protect his master, as well as obeying pretty much every pre command she gives him. Then again, if someone was training you by shooting your outline in a wall every time you do something wrong, you'd probably become pretty obedient, too. <laughs> I forgot, yeah, Kershern's robot dog is named Friender. Uh, just name your dog Major Kusanagi. Yep. Bato. 
Mamoru Oshii's hashtag... Bloodhound. What? No. Basker. Bas- Basker Basset Hound. Basker, Basker Hound. Basker. Baskerville Basker Old Hound. Face Hound. Don't Bas- worry, Basset Hound. Maru from Kimi no Todake. Ayn from Cowboy Bebop. Ayn! The dog that launched the Welsh, the Corgi fandom yeah. in America, I feel like. Yeah. Potato from Air. There's a dog just named Potato. <laughs> There's a dog named Armageddon. So I learned something. I was looking up waifu. Uh-huh. And did you know that perhaps in America, the thing that, that sort of like, or the first sort of like instance of waifu is actually Azamanga Daio? Yeah, I, didn't know I think that. that's the My actual waifu. source among yeah. anime fandom. Right. I didn't know that. We were on the bleeding edge of oh, that. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Remember him? Oh, it's Koromaru. No, I don't. What's that from? Persona 3. Oh. He's like the best party member. His persona is a dog. Yeah, I mean, what else would it And he already has be? it. He doesn't get an upgraded really? persona. It's just that's like, what they that's call, who I am. That's what they call Ludo narrative play. Sure. He's the only character that doesn't get a persona upgrade because mm-hmm. he's already the best he can be. Right. He's already got He's already at form. peace with who he yeah. is. Exactly. Yeah, he's already resolved he already all his internal conflicts. Or he doesn't uh, have any because he's a dog. I guess that wasn't really the plot of Persona 3. I am 3, who I am. <laughs> no, that was 4. Um, so, are we... Oh my god, this one's so cute. Ew, what? Oh, it's cute on the basketball. Yeah, it's rolling around the other on the basketball. Yeah, I don't know why it has like horns on its head. We can't describe cute dogs in a podcast. It's Black Hayate really, made it really in again. Really annoying. I anyway, what is... Chairman Mao. Ew. Oh, that's just that's from JoJo's. Yeah. You can't count how that guy draws dogs against anime. Yeah. <laughs> or good taste. Missile. There's Missile. Missile is a great anime dog in mm-hmm. all incarnations. Misuru. This isn't really I'm the question. We're just real. naming anime dogs. Well, what's the most anime dog? Mi- I said Inuyasha. Black I thought Butler. Black Butler. Um, the most anime dog is... Dogs of the AMS. Time is... they made a move. Is cheese blood stains. Small. Small wonder. Wonders. That's a that's a girl. Could be a dog. <laughs> Dogs can be girls, but I don't think small wonder can be a dog. I mean, I mean, maybe she's you could a transplant robot. her brain yeah. into a dog. You could, or dog you could chassis. probably just re yeah exactly re outfit the 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 chassis. What about Wolf's Rain, where the characters were both dogs and humans? Sure, sure. Famous list of fictional dogs in animation. Buford. <laughs> There's the rat in Twelve Kingdoms. He's sort of not really like a dog at all. Anyway, I We're think... We're just naming our favorite anime animals. We don't even have, like, Japanese pun dog names. Name it Doge. Nope. Remember Doge? Yes. For some reason, I started thinking about Doge today. Why? I was sitting on the subway and I was reading my book. Yeah. And I just looked up for my book. And I started thinking about Doge. Yeah. And it was kind of like... How did that picture... I basically was like, how did a meme happen? How did the memes... How do memes do? Um, Japanese dog Well, memes. it's weird because we, we saw a Shiba like maybe a year before that at a bar, a year before that whole thing sort yeah, of started, before took the off. So, so we were like, yeah, we want a Shiba. And I was like, of course you do. Fucking internet weirdos. Yeah. No, it's like, no, we saw it. It was so tiny. It was and so it put tiny. Its paws and it up on so, the bar. And it was and so it was like, dismissive bartender, of all the humans. Give me a shot. Yep. <laughs> she was so dismissive of all the humans, and that was what we loved about her. She was just like, I belong here. I am perfectly at home among you. Don't come over and talk to me. What do we think about Kaide? Naoki? 
Rikuto. What are you doing? I'm just reading you Japanese dog names. Oh. Ryo. Hey, Ryo! Taro, which means large sun. Taro, Taro. Now, honest. Now. Stupidly honest now. Can, uh, Her name is I Stupidly forget. Honest Honest. How do you say that? I don't remember. I forget to. Janainukun. No, Janainukun. I think the, can the answer is Where Janainukun. Where are all the bean birds? Yes. Where are all the bean birds going? That's the question that we leave you with today. Where are internet. all the bean birds going? Remember when I was like, I'm going to close it with a question about us that the yeah. internet can answer. Oh, yeah. That was like two episodes, maybe. Yeah. Maybe just one. Do it. Where are all the bean birds going? That's not about us. Well, We're it's not, not about birds. us, but it's a question that I'm posing to the internet. If you watch, you'll find out. And yeah. I think you'll learn a little something. About, about politeness. <laughs> and, and an ordered society. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for the questions. Watch Terrace House. Oh, yeah. Watch Terrace House. It's very good. Bye. So I was looking up waifu.